Hello there, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Man. Hey, thanks for checking this out. It is, of course, the finale of our side piece, our side hustle, and our side venture from Season 3, Tough Enough. Hey, want to give you a quick update. Before we hit Season 4 and our first episode, which will be WrestleMania 13, I fucking shudder to think what will happen. We, of course, are going to be doing our boys' picks vote. You can head over now to facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. If you want to vote for Billy, you will have SummerSlam 2005. If you want to vote for Adam, we'll be reviewing Taboo Tuesday. Or if you want to vote for myself, we'll be doing Vengeance 2001, which honestly I think we probably should have been doing anyway. That may have been an oversight, but hey, isn't it fun that two of the three votes involve Eugene? If you want to support the Attitude Era podcast, get access to a whole boatload of content, and only spend $5 in the process, well then you can, of course, head over to patreon.com forward slash AE podcast, where hey, there is a new episode of the Smackdown Crawl available for backers now. That is over 40 episodes of the Smackdown Crawl. There are four episodes of our Gamesmanship series. That is a full video episode series, of course. We have got several episodes of the Bibliotech. There are over 20 Q&A episodes, as well as commentary tracks, a variety of tiers to suit a variety of budgets. If you enjoyed Season 3 and you want to say well done, and say well done to yourself for sticking out with it and get access to hours and hours of content and support the boys, it is patreon.com slash aepodcast one more time for the working man patreon.com slash aepodcast but for now enjoy this the end is here of tough enough season one Tough enough, it's the final part, episode 10, until the finale. Hello everyone, once again, it's me, your old pal, Good Snap Cowboy, Kevin Mann. Join us, I'm always, in this review of the inaugural season of everyone's favourite wrestling reality show. We are, of course, talking about MTV's Tough Enough. Join us, I'm always, by my cohorts, comrades, and colleagues. First to my left... Adam Tombstone Bibolo, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, thank you, Kevin. So obviously we've come to the end of season three. That's all done and dusted. See you later, bye. But this is a, a very little special other finale that's been going alongside the way. Yeah, if your season one are tough enough, you're going to want to back up because we're <laughs> finishing it off today. But... Has this been a fun ride for you, Adam? This has been way more fun than I expected it to be, actually. Because I'm someone that saw Tough Enough back when it aired and then I watched it again a few years back when the network was first a thing. And I remember it being okay. But this has been a lot more interesting, a lot more fun to talk about than I ever thought it would be. It's illuminating. And to my left, Billy Poster on the key... <laughs> Goodness <laughs> <laughs> And to my left, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet. We know this because he's got a poster of Goldberg hanging up on his wall. It's Billy Keeble. Billy, what the fuck are you doing wearing a hat? Um, <laughs> take, take that off have I some respect keep, I need to keep it on in case I need to tell someone that they've done a fine speech <laughs> <laughs> so it needs to stay on like, it's a utility be, hat yeah. yeah obviously I mean I'm just saying you take off your hat and you know in, when you go to your mother's house you take it off when you go to the doctors and you go to the church and when you're podcasting I'm just saying, generally speaking, you take the hat off. Well, I, I would take it off as well, but I do have a new tattoo of Goldberg on my head. <laughs> and I, I don't want Triple H to kick the door down. Rip your scalp off. <laughs> I think you see Taz in the distance there, furrowing his brow in a vain attempt to get in on the action. Well, Billy, we've come to the end of Tough Enough. How's it been for you? I've actually had a really good time. Like The last episode for, when we did Volume 3 was possibly the most fun 
I've had recording with you two. Wow! I think really? the volume three was uh, we were so giddy mm. for volume three, and and I found myself being giddy even when I because I've I've recently listened back to the previous three episodes, and um, even at the start of volume two, I said I did not enjoy these this couple of episodes. Did yeah. not enjoy them. Out of a blast listening back to it and recording it though. So I've I've been enjoying covering tough enough, and I I would maybe like to do. Future seasons. Oh, okay. I think something would be fun. Throwing the gauntlet down. Oh my god! I mean, who'd have thought when we started season three, where the most we had to say about Tough Enough was caustic remarks about Maven? And here we are. It's the end of the road, and I'm sad to see these guys go. It's our finale of Tough Enough season one. Chris has been given a fun new nickname. Mm. No, not Nidia Drowner. <laughs> it's no. close. Ladies man. Oh. <laughs> Internal rage. <laughs> no, it's CK. What's CK stand for? The career killer. Aye. Yeah. Mm. So why has Chris been given the name of career killer? An episode 10, no less. Yeah. It's a bit of a random one to pick up. Why, why, why is he CK? He's a bit dangerous, isn't he? He's dead, yeah, he's, he's fucking up. Nowinski isn't happy with him. But yes. I think that's because he uh, he wants to be the, the one and true Chris. Yeah, there can be only one. Yeah. Right? yeah, so Chris is the career killer now, and they've done a rundown. He's like, well, basically, guys kind of thought, you know, hey, a little bit of a joke, a little bit of fun, kind of like, hey, you give us all concussions, you know, tore my, tore my ribs, uh, broke my neck. You know, hey, look, ha- we're all having fun. So they kind of kind of say like a bit of a joke type of a thing. Like, hey, you're kind of like a career killer because I'm like a, a liability to everyone around me. Uh, <laughs> we have fun. And then like, Chris Nowinski's like, that motherfucker, we went for a leapfrog. He headbutted me. I, how did he do it? <laughs> He's got a career ahead of him, this CK, huh? Mm, yeah. that. So we've got a special guest here. Who's joining the contestants on Tough Enough episode number 10? Someone who looks very bored. It's low energy impact himself, Mick Foley. Oh, Mick Foley here. And it's on my day off and when I'm past foot out the door. impression. No, no, it's not. Say hockey. You might say hockey. Hockey. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, it's been a long time since Mick Foley's been on this show and I don't think he has to have high energy every time that he's here. So Mick Foley's here and Josh Matthews, once again, Mr. Fucking Wrestling Fan. He's got the biggest smile on his face Mm -hmm. in the whole goddamn world. Delighted. So, Mick's here, but he's really only here in spirit, and he hasn't got much to say, and he's written a book, so he'll just read that instead. <laughs> like, it, it's it's crazy that Mick turns up, and then we, as soon as Mick turns up, we get exclusive footage. Yeah. What was in the original version? Just Mick saying, hello, and then goodbye, because <laughs> it's all exclusive footage. Pretty much, yeah. I love how everyone just is in love with Mick Foley, though. Like, he's a peak of his love here. Like, yeah. Foley had the world in the palm of his hands in terms of wrestling fandom, because he's just there reading out a story where it's like, oh, yeah, and then Al's Snow's career that never went anywhere because he's shit like. yeah. and Al just there like you know, kicking his feet up like tell me another story man. Like, and Taz is like oh, is there any stories in there about me Mick like, I love him bury us Mick <laughs> so the anecdote which comes from Foley's book uh, Foley is Good which is a fab 
Reeves. Yeah, that's another good one, isn't it? It is, but don't sleep on Mick Foley's subsequent autobiographies. They vary greatly in quality. But much like Winston Churchill's four autobiographies, <laughs> <laughs> he's got something to say in all of them. And this, he tells the anecdote of when American Express wanted to hire a wrestler for an advert when he was at ECW. And they wanted to have, this sounds like the greatest ad ever, mm. Jerry Seinfeld in an ad with American Express. He buys a wrestler with the cards. And then the wrestler does loads of moves. <laughs> yep, beats him up. What's the deal with wrestling? <laughs> is it sports? Or is it entertainment? I'm not that entertained. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So they have Foley says the story was like everyone like tried to make it that they could they could do the world. Like they like they could do all these moves on Seinfeld. Like Foley's like, I could do a dropkick, you know, Aww. we won't hit him. And then the story was is that Taz, even though everyone in ECW from Sandman then to fucking Mick Foley was saying they could do, you know, sunset flips and moonsaults and planches. We'll keep him safe. And he brought in Taz. He's like, Taz, why would you like to work with Jerry Seinfeld? What could you do with him? Well, actually, if you put Jerry Seinfeld in there with me, he's taking his chances. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah. <laughs> why did you go in and do that? Because he well, clearly didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can't you can't do a suplex to someone untrained in a, like, a, a safe way. Yeah. And that's yeah. what... Su- Taz is all about is suplexing so I mean you're better off being honest because chances are a celebrity like Seinfeld would probably get hurt on the set and you could get into trouble for it so at least Taz was up front about that fact so what would your dream Jerry Seinfeld booking in wrestling be if you were to incorporate Seinfeld into a wrestling storyline he could be a, a competitor mm. he could be a figure in wrestling what what would you what would you reckon I do like a Battle of the Billionaires style thing where yeah. I mean, <laughs> Seinfeld has like Umaga and I would actually have Frasier with Bobby Lindsay just because like, Bobby, <laughs> sorry, Bobby it, Lashley. It's well, infectious. It is it's, yeah. it's catching. Yeah. Adam, all right, I know we're having a having a joke, but don't, it's the big man Bobby Lashley, all right? Don't be, don't be fucking around Oh with yeah, him, we like right? him now, don't we? Yeah, Well, sorry. like, you know, he's the big man Bobby Lashley and yeah. when the people like you are hating on him, mm. well, how's the big man going to get over, huh? You know? My bad. Yeah, all My right. Bad. Yeah, apologise to Mr. Lindsay. <laughs> Billy, how would you book Seinfeld? Uh, I would have had Jerry Seinfeld be revealed to be the Howard Power. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's the deal with the black wedding? <laughs> it's not really that black, really, when you think about it. And it sort of wasn't all these lights on. <laughs> What do you got there? You got the you got the glitter on the book there, Paul Bear. What's that going on over there? God's sake. And then at the end of like you know when it's like oh son of a bitch, and then he walk, takes off the robes and walks over to the little bit and he does his set about it. He like, does his bit, know? yeah. You know he's got a new bit always, Jerry. I would have Jerry be a manager of a big man coming to beat up Hogan in like '89 or something like that. He's like, always got a bit to do. Yeah, really. what are you gonna do, Hogan? When my new big guy comes, like. You know? <laughs> okay, so Foley starts talking about when he first started wrestling. Training. Training and being in the same position they were and I was very shocked to hear this he said I hated it so bad when I started contrary to what I've heard like Mr. Yeah. I've always loved wrestling like I don't know something about like getting beat up and having to move the ring everywhere he went and also at the same time he had to eat peanut butter sandwiches all the time that's not fun don't get me wrong no I, t- I totally agree like the stuff he's saying about paying your dues and the grind like I totally buy how miserable that is but I don't get this image of like Mick Foley hating wrestling to start off with yeah. he had to learn to like it like because you know that once he was in the ring he was on a fucking whale of a time it'd be like hearing it like Daniel Bryan hated wrestling yeah yeah, yeah like oh it really grew on me after a while like I don't buy it yeah 
Meg feels obliged to pick up on uh, Triple H's <laughs> promo from episode two. Oh, uh, damage control. <laughs> uh, I just want everyone to know that you can't have a family in wrestling. <laughs> Literally clarifying that. <laughs> and then the courtroom is like, no, you can't. <laughs> you think you've got a wife. You don't. Oh, that's what Taz doesn't want anyone talking about his personal life. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He gets cagey, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's like, Al has a family. He's very happy. Taz, you don't want me to. No. No, I do not. Do not. You know. It's a sign of weakness. I don't want anyone to know my real identity. They'll get my uh, my loved ones. Forget his nieces and nephews because he's Uncle Taz. Like. He has some interesting points to make about, you know, life on the road and the difficulty of making all the towns and all that jazz. And he brings up, you know, Andre the Giant and being a famous partier and Tim White saying, you know, you're either in a prison in your hotel room or you can go out and, you know, into the night, so as it were, as, as Undertaker would say. Mm. And Foley very, very ominously says... Nothing good can happen to you when you're having a good time when you're married out on the road. Mm. That seems a little, like, a little pessimistic, don't you think? A little what, cynical, maybe? Well, like, somebody stop me about Literally, it, you know? like, yeah, if you go for a night out, like, you are going to commit adultery, like, no doubt about it. I find it really sad that a lot of people, like, deny themselves, like, going out and socialising and meeting new people as they think, well, if I go out and I look someone in the eye, I'm going to have to have sex with them, yeah, like, you know? that's how it goes. I don't think that's something that happens really though anymore. I, I, I don't get the feeling that like when the when the current roster are on the road, they're all going partying. Nah. After. I think there's a couple that probably do. Like I can probably see like Ziggler and Slater going. There are some serial daters apparently. Yeah. There's some serial yeah. uh, ladies men who've got you know a gal in every port type of I've thing. I've heard things about Slater being a party man. Really? A bit of a wild man. Like. But the kind of partying they'll be doing will be like, you know, light years removed from the yes. partying you were getting in the 80s yeah, and absolutely. stuff. Like, it'll be good, yeah. clean no, fun. No coke beds. Like. No, no, no. Ain't no one doing no Mr. Perfect shots. No. What's a Mr. Perfect shot again? So when you do a shot of Jack Daniels, but you have to gargle it for 10 oh, seconds. Oh, yeah! <laughs> you know, good. to make it really fun. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> it's so tasty. Masculinity. God, I have to ring up Jack and ask him how he gets it to taste so nice. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, really, it's singes the eyes <laughs> so they run some drills at McFoley who manages to be in the ring and not do anything yeah mm-hmm. he's just staring like is right. that why like, he's turned up in a ref shirt like because is he thought he's refereeing today like was he in a ref shirt yeah he was wearing like a you know the the one he wore for um... the stripes yeah, yeah. bless him yeah, he's just, he's just, I think it was just good to kind of have you know a set of eyes on it at least at the very least yeah. someone that isn't going to do the whole bullshit I'm picking on you for the sake of picking on you like the mere fact that he's come here and done this damage control about like everything that Triple H has said and he's tried to say yeah I, I see Triple H's point but it's not that bad that to me says that Mick is at least one of the more honest people on this yeah. show. Like, yeah. He's not putting on any performances. He's actually talking to these people legit. Do like, you think he's like, yo, you can have a little poster of Goldberg, just not oh, a yeah. yeah. You can have it, just put it in your wallet like I do. <laughs> he, he also tells them that it's not about how many moves you know, it's about how you use them. Yeah. So he's telling them to like, don't shoot for the stars if you're not there. Because yeah. Mick Foley's the type of guy who, if I was a kid and wanted to do wrestling, I'd have been like, I don't need to do no technical shit because I can just get beat up like Mick Foley. Yeah. And Foley's often been labelled, you know, as being like he inspired a lot of dangerous wrestling. Uh, he inspired mm-hmm. a lot of kids to do try and take shortcuts. Yep. And just get hit and think they could absorb punishment. But obviously, Mick Foley's a very unique pear shaped gentleman yeah. who's like custom built to absorb injury. And him saying you need to know a bit of technical wrestling, no matter what your style is, because yeah. you have to build up to. To something, and yeah. you have to use that to do it. So that's pretty good. Al Snow, though, channeling the late great Stu Hart, 
He's had enough of CK's bullshit. Oh. He catches him doing something wrong, and he's got to stretch him. <laughs> this is horrible. I mean, like, yeah. I get why Al is angry. I totally understand this, but it is still like, uh... are you doing it the way I want it to be done? N- no, he is not. No, like... no, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he doesn't listen because he gets up straight away and fucks up again. Yeah, again. Like, again. He's a lost cause. He is. He's yeah. been a lost cause for a couple of episodes. Yeah. But now that we've got rid of like the people who were bigger lost causes it's really showing now yeah, yeah now that there's actually an end in sight and now you're not like you're with six people left here I think yeah. at, yes, at the point at you're point. looking at this it's like these are people who are essentially one step away from becoming a contracted WWE performer yeah so yeah this lad needs to shape up or ship out time to get serious Meanwhile, Josh at the house, brackets respecting it, is on the phone to his girlfriend. Slash mum. Is his girlfriend or his mum? I know. Last last time, she like looks far like she looks considerably older than him. Yeah. So we couldn't we couldn't be sure he, like she was actually his girlfriend. Oh, like. I thought you just got you meant that he got his mum to pretend to be his girlfriend no. on the phone. <laughs> MTV. Like. If it worked for prom, it'll work for tough enough. Okay. <laughs> I just love when he's on the phone. Like, he doesn't care. Like yeah, you know, yeah. he really just. Wanna play video games? <laughs> <laughs> Maven, or in the meantime, is having a bit of a hard go of it. Uh, Maven, who's struggling kind of behind the scenes here, his mom has got bone marrow cancer, which is pretty fucking serious. And this is back in the day, like obviously, where before everyone's instantly connected, you're still a phone call away, you're still, there's barriers to getting your information. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of only is getting drips and drabs. He knows his mom's in hospital. It's it's bad. His aunt is freaking out. Mm-hmm. And it's bone marrow cancer, which is, you know, classically one of the worst cancers. Legit, yeah. So the fact that he's still has it all together, like. Yeah. Maven's just one of those proper adults, isn't he? He's yeah. like a proper human being. Seriously, because you look at, like, someone like. Christian Chris, who is like kind of losing it a little bit because he can't get it together. He can't do the instructions. And he can't even understand what he's doing wrong. Yeah, and he can't do it the way that Al wants it to be done. And like you can see that it's affecting his mentality and how he's standing in the competition. Maven's mother is battling one of the toughest forms of cancer, and he is just like, gee whiz, man, this is. This has been a little bit tough today, but you know, I guess tomorrow I'll just pull up my socks and I'll get back to it. Like, I mean, he may ju- it may just be bravado for the camera, though. We don't know what he's like when the cameras are off. Like, he could be a re- he could very well be a wreck. And to even hold it, it together for the cameras yeah, alone no, still, shows insane yeah. strength. Anyway, like, yeah, I thought with Maven at the start of this was like, oh, Maven, he's very charismatic, and he's one of those lads who the fact that he has a natural charisma kind of doesn't need to overcompensate for anything, and kind of that. He's just a charismatic guy. Yeah. Kind of yeah. a bit, but you know what? He actually is one of the most level-headed people. Not just in Tough Enough. In season three, all the people, yeah. the yeah. whole roster. Legit. From yeah. Bubba Ray freaking out for people using his mirror to fucking paranoid Stone Cold <laughs> yeah. to all this shit from WCW. Yeah. Maven Huffman with the level head on his shoulders. Legit. Is it just me as well? Is he, in, this, in these final four episodes, is he like his southernness like ramped up? A little bit. I never really noticed noticed in previous times we've been watching this that he was from the south. Oh, I know. I'm notice. very, I'm very aware he's from the south in this in okay. these couple of episodes. Ah. It's ramping up the southernness. That's not all the Red Dead you've been playing, though, is it, Billy? All the cowboy accents. Uh, I don't all the think beans so. you've been eating. <laughs> yeah, I've been eating a lot of beans. <laughs> a lot of pork and beans. That's why you're wearing a fucking hat, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> fucking cowboy podcasting is what's going on here now. <laughs> 
That's the new ITV. I'm, I'm not wearing a cowboy hat, by the way. I'm not wearing a cowboy hat. He wants to be JR so badly. <laughs> so Maven chats with Big John and Al, and he says, like, you know, what, what are my options? And nicely enough, you know, this is the type of thing that didn't tough enough the last season they did. They would have been like, well... Well, wow. yeah, guess you're not tough enough. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah they, gave him, they gave him a few days. And you know what? Is it apparent at this stage is the relationship between Al and, and the, the guys and girls who are left here now. The, the, the folks who are left here and Al clearly have a tight-knit relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They all get on Keeps so well. Keeps referring to him as his kids. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, considering how kind of soulless the selection process was and how, like, you know, the MTV producers seemed really fucking, like non-human yeah Yeah. cynical it's become like a little family now so when Maven's away pretty much that means the show can't progress that much literally yeah yeah. the light of everyone's life is gone like everyone's down in the dumps and they've got like basically like when like the important kids are gone from a lesson in school you kind of put on a fake lesson just to be like kind of you know the good ones you know you just kind of do a fake lesson string them along (laughs) you know teacher of the year you you learn about something that's not real that day just something made up (laughs) so yeah lads you're gonna go rock climbing today oh yeah real important it's a concentration an awareness test. <laughs> Just kind of damn rocks. <laughs> Josh is like Spider-Man and wins. And yeah. he is such a surly team because they're like, uh, hey, you win. You've won the big rock climbing contest. You get to cash in our obvious partnership with Foot Locker. Hence why everyone is wearing Foot Locker shirts. Yeah. Yeah. And what does Josh win for win the rock climbing contest? <laughs> he gets a new pair of shoes. Gets a pair of Nikes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Wish Maven was here. Yeah. <laughs> My cool friend Maven's not here, but hey, I want a pair of uh, cool new shoes, I guess. Aww. Can you imagine if Maven was there and Josh won? Like, the, He'd be over the moon. Maven right? would so make him feel yeah. all happy. Like. Yeah, it would have been, but instead Josh is just there sulking, just want to play video games. With Maven. <laughs> Everyone's had Maven withdrawal for like, you know, a whole evening and they're already like writing letters like, yeah, posters, yeah. like they're all so hurt. Making a charity single like We miss Maven <laughs> We miss him Do they know it's Maven after all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let them know it's Maven time. <laughs> Maven being away can't stop CK from fucking up. He's a runaway train oh, like no. fucking hell. Again and again and again. Josh is down and dumps even more and reveals to his girlfriend slash mom that he doesn't even want to be here anymore. No! To which she instantly calls him out for his shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, fuck off, Josh. Like, seriously. This is all you ever fucking talk about. Stay there. Literally, the other day I was phoning you and talking to you about how much I miss you and you didn't give a shit. But the second Maven leaves the house, oh, now you can't handle it anymore. Now you're upset. Like, So uh, Big John comes in and uh, I recognise this one a mile away. This is the killing time speech right here. Oh. <laughs> Come in there. Guys, all right, let's take a quick uh, name check here. All right, how are you doing? Yeah, going to do a quick name check. And um, guys, everyone, no matter who you are, whatever walk of life you're from, how old you are, whatever you're doing, at any point in your life, <laughs> always remember 
no matter who you are. <laughs> Everyone goes through times like the, and he just goes on and on it's, it's and like on. The, uh, the Andy Daly character who who does stand up, but he never actually says anything. <laughs> he never gets around to anything. <laughs> or like the one time Michael Scott has got like yeah, a story, a, to, a story tell. to tell. Like he just keeps for, and he's like looking up the clock, like oh, that's twenty five minutes. All right, guys, that's the uh, afternoon activity. You want to go eat dinner now? Yeah, cool. Bye. Aww. Meanwhile, at tracks, fucking Chris Nowinski. See what he's doing, huh? Mm-hmm. Is he uh, an Indian chef? Because it looks like he's currying favour here. Oh, goodness sake. Uh, well, it fits because Big John looks like he's wearing WWF branded chef whites. So that, <laughs> so that works. Like, Yeah. Well, uh, Nowinski is wearing a Taz shirt. Yeah. Sit down, Mark. Fucking suck <laughs> up. A Taz shirt. Like, come on. You don't wear the gimmick shirt of your trainer. CK quits. Yeah, he yeah. literally can't take it anymore. <laughs> Hal is like, oh, no, really? Oh. oh, you can't make it to the party. Oh. Never mind. Yes. Guys, he's, he's fucking off. Like, <laughs> don't, don't, don't bother wasting the tag. It means it's- he can't put up the gravestone, though, because like, he wasn't eliminated. Oh, God, is it only for eliminations? Yeah, it's only for I what happened, Billy, is that Al is so excited that this guy is gone that he legit forgot, like, yeah. Yeah. and just there, like, throwing confetti, going, <laughs> Or maybe he didn't deserve a tombstone is what it yeah. is. Like, he spits on the space where it would have been. Like. Are you telling me that CK doesn't deserve a Christian burial? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess this tombstone will be symbolic and we'll dig him up and bury him upside down and piss on his... <laughs> Getting a Tibetan sky burial, like, picked apart by vultures. Like. I think he goes, hey, man, you know, they say, like, Sean Michaels, you know, he lost his smile. I kind of feel like, you know... I'll ask my smile too, man. What a fucking bell end! Mm. Like compare, like because like me and Shawn Michaels are are alike. Same story, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah Same you're story. not. You're you're a lot like Mr. WrestleMania, Chris. Yeah, you're a lot <laughs> like the the showstopper, aren't you? Yeah, they, you know what? It doesn't take very often for 1996 fucking disingenuous Shawn Michaels to be like, ah, now I'm gonna, you know, don't don't you have a go at him? Yeah, is this the first time we've ever jumped to his defense? Yeah, like, like, ever. Yeah, right. He may have. I've been WWF champion, but he just didn't want. He didn't. He didn't want to lose it. All right, <laughs> and, and that, that's fine. He that's did fine. He lost his smile because he realised having his way is what made him happy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. And your situation's completely different, you scumbag. <laughs> the Maybe. drum girl kid. <laughs> <laughs> so Maven's back. His mom is doing better than expected. Yeah, I will say, we, we glossed over it there, but we got a surprising amount of footage of him and his mom yeah, in I the did, hospital. I didn't like that. Way too weird. personal, like, really weird. So she, like, she kind of says that, yeah, your auntie was exaggerating a little bit. Kind of. I, I need to stay in here for a bit longer, but I will be okay. I think that was kind of like the typical mum response of like, oh, you don't need to worry about... You go off and do your wrestling thing. You're going to do really well. Don't you worry about me. Like Many, many layers to it because she downplays it to him and then yeah. he downplays what she downplays to him, to, yeah. to everyone. So he's yeah. like, oh, she's fine. Got she's killed. She's like, tap yeah. dancing. Like. It's as simple as this. They're in tracks. Time for a little bit of rolling cradle practice. Getting some in-depth moves here. This mm-hmm. is pretty, uh, pretty difficult one. And for the first time, Big match Harvard, Chris Nowinski. He's uh, struggling with this one. Really badly, actually, yeah. yeah. Not just struggling, but like he looks far and away the worst out of all of them here. I mean, he's fucking twice the size of these people. Yeah. He's trying to do a crucifix pin on them. Yeah, it's not working. Snake's alive. We're down to five. Waste of tags, basically. They bought like 12 of these. They've used like two. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, waste of time. How many people have been eliminated? Daryl Shadrick. Oh, 
God, that can't be it, right? No, that can't be Victoria it. left, Bobby Joe left. Paulina, Paulina left. left. Paulina left. Greg, Greg left. left. Oh, my, oh God. my God, did they only eliminate two people? <laughs> Do you think they keep mailing them to, to Daryl? He's got like a big stack, <laughs> a big thick wadge You can turn these into a pair of shorts, you smelly freak. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the episode, Maven does confide in Josh and says that actually his mom ain't doing too well after yeah. all. Oh, so. It's actually quite sweet, their friendship. Yeah. It is yeah. very, very personal. And they say that they're going to... St- Maven was thinking, you know, I-, I was thinking about leaving too, but they, they come to the agreement that they're going to stay in the show for each other. Oh, to have each other's back. Friends to the end. Ain't it, my friend? Honestly, I can't believe like how lovable Josh Matthews is. He f- t- talk about like like and that's his Furbies of something went from being cute to creepy this quickly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wow! Like, we anticipated this. We wanted this. Tough enough. Episode number eleven. Lessons from the road. Well, there are tracks, and they get some big news. They're going on a loop. Yeah, they're doing a tour. They're this is of, a fucking great idea. It's such a great idea. I'm glad they're only doing it with the kind of the final five here, the ones who are like decent enough and have the yeah. bare requisites to re- appreciate a little bit of where yeah. they're going to be going. Or at least aren't so outwardly ignorant that they'll embarrass Al. Yeah. yeah, legit. So they're going to Backlash, Raw, and SmackDown hitting up Chicago, Milwaukee, Indianapolis. So they're doing the big loop. They're going with Al the whole time. They're going to be going backstage. Pretty big for all of them to be doing this. Fucking Al. Jeez, that's pretty shit for him. He has to work the tapings. And he says he will be with them 100% of the time as well. Constantly. Like, he is literally chaperoning them the whole time. All right. Coming up here is one of the saddest fucking oh moments God. in the whole show. Just a bit with Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, a couple episodes back, I know you said you did a re-listen, Billy. I know that there was a point when Taylor, she was talking about that mid-20s slump that a lot of people, I'm yeah, sure... Dropped out of college. And yeah. yeah. And she you know, wasn't sure what she wanted to do. She wasn't happy doing what she was doing and was watching everyone kind of go off and settling down and having kids and getting careers. It's that mid-20s slump. It's, it's yeah. honestly a very difficult thing. And, you know... I think all of us went through it here in our own individual ways. Yeah, yeah and, and funnily enough, one of the things that I've spoke to all my friends that have been through that, none of us knew that it was going to happen. So if you're like in your early 20s, it's normal to go through that, like totally fine. Just don't be like me when I made friends with these guys who were like three or four years younger than me and I was like rattling my chains. When <laughs> <laughs> when you reach 23, no one will give a fuck about you anymore. <laughs> Once they can't give you flyers, they cease caring. <laughs> so Taylor's been going through this, and it's hard, and she's on the phone to her parents, and she's saying, like, the end is in sight. She's really worried about the end, because she's going to go back to her life, and she was in a depression, she didn't know what to yeah. do. Yeah. And then she kind of comes out, and it's the first time Taylor has any sort of fucking self-motivation, believes in herself. She goes, you know what, Mom? I actually feel like I can win this, and I want to win it. And then her mom goes, oh, sweetie. I don't, don't want you to win this. Ah! We don't want you to be a wrestler. Ah! His, his dad says that he watched the first episode, but he turned it off because he didn't want to watch her make an ass of herself. Couldn't stomach it, he said. And when yeah. when she said that, like, because her mom's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be all over, and then you can come home, and Taylor's like, yeah, what, come home and be depressed? Her mom literally says, you can come home and watch TV. Like, that is, uh, that's obviously the bar they've set for Taylor's yeah. life. There are, like, I've heard of this now, you know, you know us being uh, veterans of this mid-twenty slump, right? Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people who's, you know, there was, a, there was a period of time where I thought I might have to, like, not only move home, but for me that meant I had to immigrate back home. Yeah, yeah. And that's after emigrating away from, yeah. you know, like, four yeah. years later, I thought I was going to have to move back. And I was fucking terrified. I remember my parents being like, 
it's going to be weird if you move back in. But I know a lot of people are in similar situations and their parents are like, yeah, come on. Yes, yeah. yes, now, quick, quick, now, get home. We're lonely and old and weird now. Yeah. We need people in the house. Yeah. Come back. And all of a sudden you get this like second weird childhood. And yeah. They like, they like basically come back and sit around. And this time we won't let you leave. Like We need someone to do the dishes and stuff. Oh, like, oh my God. So, and she is so fucking hurt by it as well. Like she's yeah. clearly so upset by what they say. The saddest thing in Tough Enough is that Taylor is never able to harness this internal frustration and make it come out as a wrestling character. Yes, yeah. that's you know, so true. She's just a little bit too late to mm. realise how fucking annoyed she is with her lot in life. Accurate of the wrestlers' experience of travelling on the roads, they go via limousine. Oh, yeah. Fuck's sake. So this is pretty much what it's like if you're a wrestler, if you're Sergeant Slaughter in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about the Frigime from back in 1992? That's true, They yeah. were always hanging out in limos. And DiBiase, he got a limo as well <laughs> yeah. at one point. Uh, so, yeah. They do ring crew duty. Very cool. Love that. Yeah. That's a very they, good idea. They love every second of it. And like, they, they're having a great time with like Jimmy Calderas and... Yeah. Jimmo is there. Yeah. Fucking just say Everyone's having a great time. Like, we meet the backstage gang as well. And just say everyone is like got a smile on their face all the time. Unsung heroes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that it even shocked me. I know this. It's been told me a million times. I know it. But every time I see it, I forget it. I forget it which is that the... Ring announcers, the referees, the bellkeeper, the timekeeper, all those people, they're the ring crew. Yeah. And yeah. they do like so much, they're part of that real, like the real old timey part of wrestling, which is it all comes in and off, pallets off a crate. Mm-hmm. Everyone works together with, with tools and puts together this ring out of canvas and steel and yeah. nuts and yeah. bolts. And fucking hell, like it's the referees and Tony Chimmel doing that. Yeah. What an unsung bunch of heroes. Seriously, it's bananas. Like, and it's good that they drill that into them here that like from top to bottom you have to respect everybody yeah. in the company this isn't possible without everyone working together like the corporate box is where they are sitting up for backlash nice uh, night on the town where Al Snow's there explaining everything, everything. to them yeah so cool he's like that's a hope spot mm-hmm. because he's been hitting and hitting and everyone that's like everyone's gonna learn from that yeah this is kind of what we were whinging about at the yeah. start of this like they're not learning anything this yeah. is him teaching them stuff now all, all they got before this was Big John just saying here's an episode of Raw on video literally tape. <laughs> this is what at the time this is what we're saying they needed they needed yeah. Al there to tell them this stuff mm-hmm. so they hit the tizan gone out to the funky drunken Buddha lounge yep. yeah Taylor gets fucking jazzed up she's mm. fucking jazz has uh, not jazz taylor has some <laughs> taylor very much like jazz <laughs> <laughs> taylor has some things to forget yeah, so, yeah. Uh, she does her best to forget those things go get your load on taylor she fucking has a skin full she does yeah. yeah she's been tanning them all night long mate and uh yeah she's got a thing for maven we know this because she's like maven i have a thing for you and then there's newinsky egging her on like a cunt like new i hate newinsky it's he's writing about it on his blog which he has in 2001 this thing with taylor is cute for like three seconds where she's like in the car like oh maven you're so cuddly and then everyone's egging her on and next thing you know she's trying to kiss him he's she, like please no really i don't she want bites to bites him on the arm she bites him on the arm she hits him in the face repeatedly like and everyone's just like <laughs> oh it's great because she's a woman so it's fine and like, then afterwards maven is kind of like he has that he, he's all like kind of oh god you know the, the ladies won't keep their hands off him <laughs> i wonder what that's like Oh. <laughs> you know this this is one of these things that always happens right you get hung over and you bite maven and then the next day you get hung over don't you 
Yeah. And you're really fucked up. I'd have to go to Nowinski's parents' oh, house for breakfast. Who wow. wrote this? <laughs> this is absurd, isn't it? Like, meet the parents' levels of weird. This like... is my father. He's the colonel. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I hope nothing goes untoward when your friends are around. After all, I am the president of the United States. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Dean father. Dean of admissions for Harvard, I'll have you. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Chris's parents, they're nice. And, uh, <laughs> no, his sisters seem nice as well. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how they brought Chris into this world because he's a prick. Yeah, but I think Harvard may have had something to do with yeah. that, possibly. But they're really nice folks. The only thing I found fault with for them is in their living room, they've got not one, but four different prints of dogs playing poker. <laughs> like, four different ones in a set. Ha! <laughs> turns out Mr. Harvard's as bourgeois as the rest of us. <laughs> also, I did point, I wonder if this is true or not, they were like, oh, look, it's his diploma from Harvard. It's like, oh, that's not a degree, is it? It's a, it's a diploma. Isn't that the same? Th- I thought the diploma was what you called the piece of paper that had your degree on it. Like, is I that do- not it? Yeah. I'm not academic enough to understand what you're talking about. Well, you're now. more academic than Christopher. <laughs> 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 the Harvard graduate. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be a gimmick where someone's like, I went to the University of Lincoln. <laughs> Get in media production. We're climbing the ladder. Like, one step at a time. Holding the Guardian listings. Like, we're there, look. Right we're there. The <laughs> With the lights go out. Wait a minute. <laughs> the swans are here. In Lincoln, Baghdad. <laughs> Baghdad, it's Tomska. <laughs> it's like a strong, cold wind runs through the war zone tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Taylor pukes in the bathroom oh, for fuck's sake. which is described as not very cool no it's not that's really not cool I know Nowinski's wearing an Al Snow shirt sit down Mark <laughs> it's blatant at this point what he's doing though like. so have either of you guys been in the situation where you have to like, do the big sit down family dinner completely hung over yeah, 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 I think I've done yeah, that a few yeah. times. Yeah. Have you handled it like Taylor? No, I'd like to think I've handled it better than this. I, I, I think I've done it at least twice a year for six years, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. How about my brother once? So I just ate his salmon. It was fabulous. Well. <laughs> I can't be eating salmon hungover. Yeah, that sounds like a dangerous idea. That's it. If you, as long as you admit it and say, I'm hungover, it's fine. You'll be like, yeah. I'm fine. I just don't like salmon. Oh, I, I've never been in a situation where I've had to hide a hangover. I've never had that, like, the sitcom thing of, like, oh, I'm totally fine. <laughs> And a blessed Taylor's not good enough worker to kayfabe yeah. Chris's yeah. parents here. Backstage at Raw, Midi asks, hey, when are we going to go backstage? <laughs> and Al is like, we, we are. are backstage. He looks so furious. So- <laughs> and, uh, is, that, is that where China is spotted as well? Yeah, very yes. briefly. Uh, yeah, so that is because we said the last in episode one or two, we said last China spotting on WWF TV. Oh, was, yeah. Was this instead, apparently. Yeah, this may well be the last Just her walking China. around looking surly. Like. Well, yeah, this is backlash 2001. They're backstage at around this time. And China, last date she worked was Judgment Day 2001. In the women's her, title her, match. Her and Lita, I yeah. think, yeah. So this would have been, yeah. She, she, she shouldn't come over and say hi. She, she doesn't have to put on airs anymore. Yeah. Like. Promo class with the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, yes, baby. fucking please. Nidia does an awful job. Mm. And Taylor somehow manages to do worse. Taylor's, like, her approach to a promo is so bizarre. Like, China, you are huge. You're impressive. you got big muscles. You've had way more experience than me. I've not really wrestled anything. I'm shit. Oh, no. I keep hurting myself. <laughs> My muscles aren't as tall as yours. (laughs) What kind of promo is this? What the fuck? My mom doesn't even want me to be here, China. I got nothing to lose. Oh, 
God. <laughs> Wait, what Taylor's the one who said that she was going to be the next big bitch? Was Did she? It? That was her. Like, really? Yeah, I'm going to be the next big bitch. She's actually gotten worse, I think. Yeah. It is a bit hard. Like, they're right on the spot. Like, but, like, seriously. yeah, like, in the first episode, they knew what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. So that they had preparation. It's like, they, they just run into Brooklyn Brawl, who's just said to Al, promos? And everyone's just gone, what? No, no. And then yeah. like, get in front of the camera. Yeah, it's a, it's a nightmare for them, I imagine. Well, mark her words. Taylor, in her own words, is going to get that darn women's championship. Oh. Josh is about to do his promo. Oh. And then, then Brawl is like, all right, your name is The Sponge. You're The Sponge. Why are you going to make it harder for him? And straight away, Josh is like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> what did he say he wants his name to be? Anything but The Sponge? No, he wanted like his name to be like... The armbar machine or something that was like it. that. Yeah, the, I think the it's human like headlock that. machine. The human, yeah. the human headlock. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're the sponge. <laughs> the human spider. <laughs> it's lots of lots of yeah, whatever, man. He has to cut a promo on Rhino as the sponge. Yeah, and he's like, I don't Rhino. Yeah, all right, we're gonna fight you, I guess. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> he says he's from Europe as well. <laughs> I'm gonna beat you because I'm from Europe and I'm the sponge. And the European title will be mine. <laughs> Thank <laughs> I'm you very suck much. It up. <laughs> Brawler says this is just as hard as wrestling. Whoa! I mean, I mean, the fact that I I reckon I could I could do a promo and I don't I like, but I reckon that you know you can teach that in a way that yeah. doesn't hurt the body. That's true. It might hurt your pride a little bit. You yeah. might feel a bit out of sorts and feel like, oh shucks, I'm never going to get that darn women's championship. Yeah, but it won't break you physically the way that I don't think I could do it, even though I've got like theater background and stuff mm. like that. I don't think. And even doing stand-up, I don't think I could... If you just told me to cut a promo on something... If I cut out the ums and ahs for you, though... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone at home goes, what are you talking about, Billy? Of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> Nowinski, he starts off well, and then he just <laughs> fucking goes off the cliff. I've never seen him go from confident to like, my name's Christopher Nowinski. Undertaker... I've been trained by Al Snow. Dang it, I should have said that. Everyone laughs. It's a huge pop when he says, I've been trained by Al Snow. (laughs) Now do push-ups and say you're the Undertaker's bitch. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry for talking stupid. Um, But after Josh's one as well, after he's cut a promo on Rhino, they get Rhino in. Oh yeah, they bring him in the room to show him. And then Rhino puts his arm around Josh and they watch the promo together and like, (laughs) like, the sponge. (laughs) I really was hoping that they'd be like, watch this and Rhino would be like, you smash the locker. Like, where's my fucking double the tablets? I fucking hate these guys. (laughs) You fucking hate these guys. (laughs) Yeah, man, fucking dead. (laughs) And who's there? K Dan Wing is there as well, isn't he? Yeah. Kevin Kelly enjoyed it in there. Oh, coach is there him. as well. Coach is there being a knob. Coach yeah. can get fucked. Like he he sees Big John and Al doing this bullshit hazing push up thing, and he thinks, "Oh, I can join in. We're doing this in kayfabe, are we?" And he just fucking heals it up constantly. Like he's such a knob. Wasting my time. Yeah, legit. you've got fucking no time, Coach. He, Fuck off. Like. He makes out like Chris Nowinski actually said something really disrespectful about the Undertaker when he just did a crap promo. Yeah. Like. And Ever since I heard that great line about it, I was like, oh, I'm going to be putting you back Colin Potato Sack Races in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> and it was what was all the building up to. Fucking Maven, he comes and they're like, Fucking do you want any pointers? He's like, nope. Folks, I think I'll just do this one offhand. And he's like, Judgment Day, 2001. Raven, they say it's the day that all men meet their maker. He's in Jake the fucking <laughs> yeah. Snake yeah. Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Home run. You right. will meet your maker in paradise on that day. 
<laughs> Raven, hell. I know I'm going to do everything I can to... Oh! Fucking Maven's so good! Goosebumps. He's so good! <laughs> Nowinski's face. Oh. They're like, just so pissed off. Like, like Nowinski spends all these episodes basically realising that he's not the best at everything. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? When you're in a group of people and you think you're the best at something, and then you get sour that you like someone else is anywhere as good as you, it is such a bad look. Oh god, everyone think you're an up. Like. Yeah. And people might have thought beforehand that you were pretty great, but now you've thrown it all away by being a massive baby. Like and anytime anyone has a cutaway about Chris, it's like, wow, he's really pouting like a baby because yeah. he, he's not as good as he thinks he is. Well, they're on the road, and they've got a road rule, which is if the driver's awake, you have to stay awake too, which as someone who's driven on the ninth shift, uh, I agree with that. Yeah. So fuck all these idiots for falling asleep. You nearly died. <laughs> Josh finds an Al Snow wig to do a cute cosplay. Yeah. Their relationship is pretty fucking cute, isn't yeah. it? Josh and Al. <laughs> it's like uncle and nephew. Literally, yeah, yeah, That's like what it is. Catering. That's like one of the best. They're so happy. Oh. They're like, it's the best. This is one of my favorite bits, to be honest with you. Seeing yeah. all the wrestlers in catering together. So fucking cool. Did you see fucking Bubba Ray Dudley working stiff oh. on that ravioli? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, he beat that thing up like a fucking dropkick to for real. <laughs> Taz sits with them. Yeah, yeah, Taz is finally nice to him. Yeah, and they're like, they're so fucking shocked. It's like, Taz was sitting with the popular wrestlers. And then he came and he sat with us. So it's kind of like a big deal. On Thursday, we wear orange <laughs> on the 13th I'm gonna choke you out <laughs> but he starts ragging on Josh for being skinny he's like cause he's uh, so you eat ice cream yeah what like Josh is like 120 pounds he's yeah. 130 maybe tiny yeah he's like, lighter than Spike Dudley is did you see when um, the Hardy Boys come over to say hi and shake their hands did you see what Jeff had on his plate no from what it looked like it was just salad leaves like lettuce and cabbage or whatever with tomato ketchup all <laughs> over oh so <laughs> delightfully white trash seems like he? such a Jeff Hardy meal to have <laughs> yeah, it seems like he'd eat that barefoot in front of the television or something <laughs> like put up hot dogs on a paper plate like. <laughs> did you know that you can put your rice and your hot dogs in the same pan. <laughs> I've been using the same hot dog water for three weeks now, man. Really building up the flavor. Did you know that you can cook a roast chicken in the microwave? Really? Well, it won't be crispy, man, but you can still cook it. Big pirate Paul White's there, too. Yeah, there he is, being friendly to everybody. And they get to go and see the uh, all the matches. So they get to watch Metal, where most of their tough enough trainers are performing. Uh-huh. Jackie and Al Snow on Metal. I love that they asked Al to do loads of moves, and he did them in his match with S.A. Rios. Yeah. So cool. They do the Japanese suplex, do the arm drag. He's doing all these moves just to show it to them. Doing it the way yeah. he wants it to be done. And they didn't know that they were going to be seeing Jackie or Al wrestle either. So really like, cool. Um, Nidia is especially inspired by watching Jackie wrestle. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. But... The episode draws to a close. These cold endings of these episodes. Mm. Just like, everyone has a great time. Then it's back in tracks and Taylor's like, oh, by the way, I'm miserable. I fucking hate this. I don't know if I can do it. Cut to black. Yay! And the thing is with these shows as well, there's never credits or anything. It is literally just like, that's it. The end. Bye-bye. Tough enough. Episode number 12. Beware the rattlesnake. There's seven days left and they're at tracks. Tori and Jackie and everyone's basically giving their final thoughts on who they think might be the winner. There's kind of like generic things they're saying about everyone though. I feel yeah. like everyone's happy for the progress everyone has made. But other than Maven, I don't think anyone is actually a standout competitor. Yeah. No, they're, they're all pretty much kind of level pegging apart from They've Maven. got heart. They've got yeah. some aggression. Well, say, they, say, they say Nowinsi gets the intellectual side of things. Josh has heart. Maven has charisma. Nidia has the drive. 
and then they don't say what Taylor has. They did say uh, that Nidia has got more of kind of a feminine vibe. Yeah. Just, just say what you're thinking. <laughs> She's got bigger boobs. Just say Still that. though, Nidia. Oh, yeah, ah, literally. Oh. I didn't actually and Nidia hit. has childbearing hips. <laughs> oh. I mean, you'd want to drown her if you got her. <laughs> just saying. I wouldn't kick her out of bed. I'd drown her. <laughs> I, I barely caught any of this little segment here because I was so like relaxed from Tori's speaking voice. Like oh. I could listen to hypnosis tapes by Tori. Yeah. She has got the nicest, most gentle voice. She's got a yoga voice, like seriously. Yeah, on Google Home, I've been playing Relax and Sayings for the last month. Really helping with my sleep cycles. Mm-hmm. I thought it was crashing waves. It was just Tori clearing her throat slowly. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> just being put through pull stretch on the <laughs> So Josh wants to learn moon salts. Yay! Yay! Al says no. No. <laughs> You're right. All right, that's right. I abbreviated limo, but I made it longer. I called you it a fucking it. What? I, I wrote it at the house. A big limmy arrives. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, a limo. Limmy from Meterhead has come to print. <laughs> we shouldn't joke about that. No, we like. should call them zines instead of limousines. <laughs> like. Look at that. I want to ride that fat zine all the way to spring break. So who's there? It's Deborah and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Looking surly. Yeah. That was a fun limo drive over. You can tell it's heel Stone Cold just by the fact that he shows up in a limo. like Instead of a truck with a massive skull on the bonnet. Like. Yeah, with him driving it with the skull ring on yeah. his hand. Like. He's full kayfabe in it as well. Mm. Yeah. And this is like Steve Austin circa Backlash. So like dark-sided evil Steve yeah, Austin. Yeah, he's still freshly heel turned actually. So... <sighs> I couldn't tell if he was 100% in character or if this whole thing where he rings the doorbell and they he's don't a, answer it. He's so he a gets dick pissed. regardless. Yeah, he, he knows he's going to give him the business, but he decides, you know, I'll give him one barrel and then they don't answer the doorbell, so I'm going to give him both barrels. Mm. And he's being a bit ornery as Stone Cold Steve Austin. You could say his dander is definitely up. Yeah. yeah. So they ring the doorbell and Josh is like, it's not the doorbell, it's, uh, I think it's the clock. Spoken like a guy with social anxiety. It's the fucking doorbell. Yeah, you know it is. If you don't want to answer it, behind, hide behind the couch. Just say so. We'll hide together. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, Austin is like, why the hell? I'd ring the doorbell seven goddamn times. Like, oh, sorry, Steve. I will go inside. How oh, damn you going to let my wife in first? Oh, sorry, Steve. Like, sorry, sorry, sir. It's like Austin and Kurt Angle's kind of interactions. Like, they can't do anything right, yeah. basically. Yeah, they're... Yeah, when they can't see Austin, sir, nervously, it's not a mm. good time, like... Deborah with some interesting takes on the role of women in wrestling. Some shit old takes. Oh. Yeah. Basically, the women are here to be candles. 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 And she says, you have to respect the men because they make the money. Whoa! Uh, Niddy and Taylor just there going, what? Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that they actually, the producers of this show chose to include this bit where Nidia and Taylor are sort of like, yeah, that's not good enough for us. Like, yeah, I, I want to be stars. Deborah, but yeah, we, we want to be wrestlers too. We don't want to be candles. Like, like fucking mixed message when you had Stephanie McMahon like on the ladies lunch like, and she's like, it's the best time to be a woman. Like the candles are massive now. But, like the big candles they had at the, t- in the millennium or when Princess Diana died. Massive candles. In fairness though, this is Deborah they're asking. Like you can't blame Deborah for having this point of view given the role that she's been put yeah. in for years. Like. I guess, but I thought as the fucking, as the manager and on, you know, on screen associate with the WWF champion, he's there with the fucking belt. Like You'd think the company would at least tell her not yeah. to say that. Hey but. Deborah, don't compare yourself to an ineffective form of lighting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at least give, call yourself a big rig, you know? Yeah. LED strip. Call yourself strip. a floodlight or something. Like. <laughs> Austin details the shitty training he went through because he was a yeah. big fan of being you know, with the 
the Freebirds and the Von Erics of WCCW. It's basically a podcast that he's yeah. doing. Like. And up down the road with uh, Ravishing Rick Rude. And uh, he made these joints that were like, oh, they're like egg rolls, man. <laughs> is that a quote? Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> I am uh, sick of hearing the story about Austin eating raw potatoes. Because they show us twice. That's so weird. It's like, that is, of all the anecdotes Steve Austin has done, right? That one has come up a lot, right? Because it's like, he starts off, he does his training with Chris Adams. He has no money. He buys a box of shave, of razor blades, a box of cans of tuna and a big bag of potatoes. He runs out of tuna, so he starts eating. I got down three days eating raw potatoes. This now, is the third time I've heard this like, today. Now. Like, what was he? What was he doing when he like he had the tuna? Was he still eating raw potato? Yeah, a raw potato with a can of tuna. So he'd have his protein and his carb, and then it was there's just trace, there's, there's trace amounts of cyanide in that. In, 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 there's trace amounts of cyanide in raw potatoes. Really? Yeah. And that's why very, it's so very, cold. very minimal amounts. But that's fucking crazy. Like, don't though. be eating raw potato, lads. So yeah, this is the bad advice that's repeated twice because the exclusive footage is like, "Did you hear what I said a second ago? <laughs> I did it again." So yeah, he worked for twenty dollars a night, and he said it was okay because wrestling's a drug, and I need my fix. Even when they talk about the good sides of wrestling, they make it sound scary. Yeah, <laughs> like, I gotta have it, man. I gotta oh. have it. And then they get to talk about one of my favorite things ever, which is Steve. Where was your shoot job? Goddamn kid. I was working down on the docks, loading freight, like Rio and Shenmue. <laughs> I'm fixing to find the mad angels. <laughs> I hear that Landy is a sorry piece of trash with your Phoenix mirror. What? You got your nice dress on? That's supposed to impress me? <laughs> hey, you told me I couldn't find no sailors here. Who finds sailors now, you silly bastards? Can you do Steve getting a little capsule toy, please? This again? <laughs> what? But he also rags on them for saying like you have it easy because yep. I had to buy my food and I'm buying my board. You're mm-hmm. getting it here for free. Yep. You're eating for free. Every- they're paying for fucking everything for you. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's got a big old bit of face on him. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's Steve Austin and Triple H flipped a coin to see who could put the fear of God in them first. Yeah. Uh... It's never as fun to do it in the last week as it's Steve. <laughs> so thrilled Steve Austin leaves to have a great weekend. Yeah. Mm. I wonder what he's going to get off to. It's, it's interesting because they ask him what he what he thinks he will do after he finishes. Yeah. And he says that he wanted to go into creative or production. And it was like, it was, and obviously the way he left, that was never going to happen. No. But if that had actually happened and followed through, I think... That would have been very interesting as Steve Austin being in creative. There's so many guys like that who say that, you know, I want to do creative. That seems like the exact type of thing I want to do. Then the reality, like Scott Hall's other one said, yeah. I want to do creative. But yeah. the reality of it is if you're creative, your schedule on the road is almost worse. Yeah. Because you have to do all the TV, but then you have to go to Stanford as well. And yeah. that is, could be anything from an afternoon where Vince goes, yeah, great, everything is fine to stay there all day. To like, if you've heard any of the former writers who've said about times having to like fly back at like you know three in the morning, oh, there's no flights. It's okay. Vince will send the private jet. You have to go and sit in his yeah. office yeah. and wait for three hours for him to read the script and go, nope, write it again. Yeah. It's one of them where the closer you are working with Vince, the less happy you're probably going to be because yeah, you're in a more creative role, but your creativity is definitely going to get cramped by him. Like, yeah, they simply don't actually value creative enough to have anyone yeah. with talent. Like, yeah. not, not say anyone with talent. They obviously are very talented writers, but to have anyone with no variety because it's a shitty job and they pay shit and yeah. the hours are shit and they treat them like shit so 
no one who can do it like Steve Austin is going to want to do it. One thing he did mention, though, is he did mention, like, merchandising as being, like, part of the creative that you want to get into. And he has... I remember there's been a few podcast instances where he's brought up, like, how much he used to enjoy coming up with ideas for T-shirts. Yeah. He's done some, merch, like, the, the Broken like, Skull Ranch stuff is, is pretty great. Yeah, like, his own... He, like, not, not my bag, obviously, but, no, like, but like, for it's, wrestling, it's spot on what yeah. they want. Like, well, I know enough now from hanging around you and Joe, like, what good design is, and his stuff is always very well designed. Yeah. Like, and he always has a hand in it. So, yeah, I think the fact that, yeah, there's all these very creative people in wrestling and there seems to be great barriers for us to get anything from them for mm -hmm. the company. Yeah. They want to give back, but just not in that way. Yeah. <laughs> there are tracks. It's time to learn moonsaults. Yay. Al, who does a pretty sick moonsault himself, yeah. mm -hmm. but sit out whenever it's appropriate. He says it is one of those dangerous moves you can think of. And it is very rarely done well. And pretty much everyone, other than Chris, does a really good job. Josh doesn't. Yeah. And Josh is the one who's like, this is my moment to prove myself. I'm not as big as everyone else. He splat I himself. Can do, I can do a moonsault bow. Mm. And straight away, he fucks it up. And he keeps trying. And he keeps fucking it up. And then Chris is like, yeah, I think it'll be me or Maven who wins, actually. Yeah. So. Get Whoa. fucked. What a hell. Is it funny, like, all the good he's done about the concussions, all that? It's like, nah, it doesn't matter. Oh, God, you're right. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. Yeah. This guy is actually a hero after all. He literally has made wrestling a yeah. better place. But fuck your opinions on, on how dare you talk smack about our beloved Josh. <laughs> Josh is a great guy. Thank you for some much-needed perspective. Just, yeah, I, I think it's kind of floating into the water of the yeah, past. Yeah, you back, yeah. Thank you. All the ghosts of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in a rock quarry yeah okay of course that's fine <laughs> inspired by Steve Austin being here it is a redneck broken skull challenge it is, it like, is. Like, makes him do the gut buster like <laughs> it's fucking the gut bust isn't that like one of those big like chicken wing challenges <laughs> no, the gut buster is what they call oh no it was the belly buster was it the, it was the belly there was the, the nutcracker wall busters you might be thinking of <laughs> I was thinking of the big cupped breakfast you could get in, the, in, in Lincoln, Lincoln. Lincoln yeah. yeah and you had to I, I liked it because it was like you know it was like a cooked breakfast but much larger yeah we yeah. had the tubing but no, they, yeah. did, they didn't have like uh, soaked potatoes or anything you get chips yeah chips for your Breakfast, not, not having it. Get it together, Lincoln. You have to walk up and go, hello, I would like the belly buster, please. <laughs> and they're like, and have you no self-respect? Yes. So, <laughs> so it is a swim contest. They have to swim across yep. the quarry. Josh the fish, the fucking amphibian, he wins like, yeah. by a fucking yeah. mile. It's not well. even close. Chris pouts. Yeah. Well, because he swims like a donkey with three legs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> basically turns in a big circle like a wheel, yeah, like like a wheel. <laughs> too big to swim apparently then they have to run up the rocks in the quarry heartbreak yeah. hill oh it is it's heartbreak hill it is like except the camera hasn't been tilted yeah. <laughs> and we don't know. get any do you reckon like Austin was watching this and was sort of like in, in mm. 15 god damn time. son that gives me an idea <laughs> Is that how long it takes for a patent to run out in America? <laughs> you know, a patent of running up rocks. <laughs> it's a utility patent. Uh, so, yeah, everyone does pretty well in this, except for Chris, who's like, like fucks up again. Yeah. Like, I think Maven, there's like 0.3 seconds between Maven and Josh. Yeah, that's right. And there's an additional three minutes for Nowinski. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be like, oh, Josh is a smaller guy, so he'll win because he's short-footed. But Maven's a bit, you know, Maven's nearly as tall as Nowinski. He's close enough, yeah. like maybe an inch or two off. It's kind of the rocks build, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a big boy, is yeah. Maven. And uh, he does it with no 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 problems at all. And uh, to your point, Billy, he does Nowinski climb this like a three-legged donkey as yeah. well. Yeah, so. he does. And he responds to his loss by 
What's that? Sulking. That's yeah. the answer. Sorry. Yeah, sulking. Well, he's sulk enough, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's going to win. Oh, I forgot to mention as well. When they got to the quarry, Big John is just sat on a fucking uh, van holding a machete. <laughs> yes. He didn't mention that. I forgot he just about turns that. up and like, "Welcome to the quarry." He's just carrying a machete, <laughs> yeah, and then swinging he's, a machete around. He's smoking a cigar. Do you know that Joseph Coney is the kidnapping? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck. You ever heard of Invisible Children? We, we got to pay the night guys. Guys. <laughs> Good grief. Come on, guys, I'll get you all the shirts. <laughs> Let's go masturbate in public. <laughs> all right, we're back at tracks. Last guest, big one. This is literally the best to last. Fucking Ivory. Fuck yeah, yeah man. Love Ivory. Didn't give her the casino music when she came in, though. I could have really done with that. Oh, did they give her her new... What a heel. Fucking love Ivory. Yeah. Fantastic. She's great. Like, we did SmackDown Crawl. We got to see a lot more of Ivory from 1999 on SmackDown. Yep. Great then. Great in Right to Censor. Great during the invasion. She was uh, one of the trainers on Tough Enough Later. And she did stuff on, like, Excess and all that. She came back recently for Evolution. Yes, I was so happy to see her. She looks fucking phenomenal. It's unbelievable. She was great when she came back. More or less, straight away, she instills in Nidia and Taylor that, like, everything that Deborah said was utter bullshit. Yeah, it's damage control. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Much needed reassurance for these two because you could tell they were affected by what Deborah yeah. said they were like fuck I don't want to get into that industry yeah. like, either you send Elton John to sing a nice song about candles and big up the concept yeah. of singing a candle <laughs> yeah. alright it's not that bad or it's like very much Ivory is to Deborah as Mick Foley is to Triple H yeah totally the antidote totally. uh oh we've spoiled our competitors <laughs> so Ivory is in the ring beats the shit out of everyone and then she lets them beat the shit out of her as well. And she like. settled, she's just like total pro. There's no like, oh, you know, Taz wasn't there going, ah, selling for him. No, yeah. Taz won't sell for you. Ivory, she is selling for everything they yeah. do. Professional, she, that is the exact yeah. word. Like. And then she more or less says that she wants a piece of Maven. Oh, yeah. She, like, <laughs> yeah, she, she likes Maven. Like. She's like, I want to go for cocktails with Maven. Like, hell yeah. Go to the drag bar with yeah. Maven. Hey, I want to go for cocktails with Maven or Ivory. I honestly yeah. would like to hang out with Maven. Yeah. Like, he seems like a really like nice dude. Can we say that now? Yeah, Maven seems like the most genuine, sweetest guy on this entire show. And I feel bad that Maven became a butt of a joke. Yeah, uh, yeah he did. He really, really did. I've made that joke myself and I feel bad about it now. It's like, one of those things that like, you just kind of have memories from when you're a kid and they get hardened when you become an adult. Yeah. Like, they ossify, like, you know, and then you realise they've just turned to dragon glass and they can shatter as easily <laughs> and you can form new opinions and like Jeff Jarrett and yeah. also Maven. <laughs> I just like that we were able to turn around on someone in this show. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it, it, that in itself was worth doing tough enough is just for me to appreciate Maven more now. Yeah. Taylor kind of grabs the wrong end of the stick as well though, a little bit, because she's like, it's great to have Ivory in here because, you know, obviously Ivory's not all about being like pretty and stuff. Like, ah, well, I think Ivory shows that you can be pretty and still be a very serious competitor. Yeah, Ivory's fucking beautiful. She's a stone cold knockout. And they always, people will always point to the right to censor part of Ivory's career, but she was like. Adam, if you point to the right to censor part of Ivory's career, she's literally given thousands of young men and women librarian fetishes. <laughs> librarian fetishes. Fetishes. It's an impossible word to pronounce. Fet I? Let's go with that. Fet yeah. I. 
But she was like around at the same time as the other women that were sort of presented as eye candy. And I remember as a kid, do you remember those like pervy VHS tapes? They would do like divas undress and stuff. She would always be involved in them as well. Like she was still part of the whole eye candy role yeah. of wrestling. Like she still fit them all because she was like in amazing shape. She had the body type. She yeah. was beautiful. She was like her. She always had beautiful hair and makeup like the rest of them. But she so. was like the first that was gorgeous and an amazing wrestler as well. And also and wore... clearly not happy about it. Yeah. Yes. That's why she yes. wore a fleece to the Royal Rumble bikini contest. So good, Ivory. <laughs> Fucking love Ivory. So we uh, start doing the moonies again. Yeah. Without yeah. the crash mat this time. No protection. And uh, Taylor, straight up salting like Terry Funk. Yeah. yeah. She, she does the moonsault perfectly, but full on fucking wins herself. Yeah. Just like Terry Funk. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's perfect, but it's like someone has taken you and cropped you around a little yeah. bit. Like, Have you ever been like, fully winded like that from, like, yeah. from an impact. Yes. Yeah, I, I did the money shot into a swimming pool when I was like 10 Ooh. once. And I was like, hello, ladies. No. Five star frog splash. That was the only oh. difference into a swimming pool. See, I got headbutted by a dog. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. <laughs> like, me and my brother were walking my parents' dog on the field and we were throwing the ball to each other, like doing like in, in the dog in the middle. Yeah, like, yeah. Keep, keep the ball away from the dog. And then my brother threw it at a weird angle and the dog leapt off her feet. I caught the ball and got a dog running at like 20 miles an hour to the gut. It's like oh, gore, my... basically. Yeah, I got, like... I got gored by the dog. Like, <laughs> just on the floor, just going... Jesus <laughs> Christ. Benny, would you still, despite everything, describe them as a very good boy? Yeah, it was a good dog, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. good dog. Very good dog. <laughs> Josh is a cracking moonsault. Yes, yeah, he finally, finally does it. Yay! Everyone is fucking thrilled for him. Nowitzki like. does an average one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it. everyone's becoming their best self. Even Nowitzki's becoming the best curmudgeon that we need for the trail end of the show. <laughs> so here we are. The winner is... It's time for episode 13. Live from WWF New York. Except Coach seems to be oh. in an echoey chamber in fucking Ballina. Yeah. Coach... Coach, we've got Trish and the coach. Yeah, the uh, hosts of WWE Access. Michael Cole, Kevin Kelly, I think Howard it should Finkel. Been I think it should have been hosted by Al. Yeah, he knows the people yeah. better than anyone. Nah, like. these are the, this was in the reason this happens is this was shown in the same slot as Excess used to be. Excess was like the late night kind of risque recap. It's like live wire, except it would be uh, Coach and Trish, and Coach would be like kind of, hey, and uh, maybe we'll see. Trish and Stacy in their underwear next week and they'd be like oh, coach you know you will and it'd be a little bit risque and then they yeah. replaced her with Terry instead because they thought it was demeaning to Trish oh so Trish is the part we had to replace in yeah. that pair okay yeah. fine oh, it's alright coach is good for a bit of how's your father we- but you can't have Trish in there being <laughs> smutty <laughs> we have the like typical finale of a reality TV show yeah. where like repeatedly Trish and Coach go and we are mere seconds from finding <laughs> yes. out who is going to win yeah. mere nanoseconds guys we are 40, 40 minutes <laughs> later <laughs> but every chance I get is like mere seconds yeah. away like, now a lot of lot of parallels here between favourite reality shows like Great British Bake Off where they brought all the friends and family here yeah. instead of giving them nice food that they've baked they've given them marinara sauce and pizza diddlers from <laughs> New York pizza diddlers <laughs> <laughs> that's just somebody some, fondles the dough like. <laughs> have some of these pork knucklets <laughs> 
And it's also as well like uh, I, although I watched it, I thought it'd be like in The Apprentice where they bring back all the other candidates to mm. do yeah, one last challenge. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't know? bring everyone back. <laughs> Daryl didn't. I mean, you don't want Daryl back. Yeah. Yeah. Not that type of party, Daryl. That's the type of where you're allowed to come. Like you get stopped at the door, like fucking Bobby Heenan. Daryl. And then they look down, they smell his shorts. Wait a minute, Daryl. Daryl. Chris gets booed. Oh, yeah. So gratifying. Oh my god. So it's something becomes an episode of Frasier as we get uh, the, uh, exactly what I've written down yeah. the Frasier title cards Last Supper <laughs> <laughs> I say now it's our Last Supper that we had so they're cooking for their trainers mm-hmm. which is a nice gesture yeah it's really sweet yeah Chris wears a suit because he is a fucking Republican Tory. <laughs> Everyone else is just wearing like you know relatively smart casual clothing. He wears a fucking full suit. Like hello, Mr. Snow. Hello, Mr. Gaborka. I've written a uh, schedule of events here. Oh, yeah, that's but what it feels like. Young Republicans of America. Like. Did you get my page? <laughs> <laughs> Al calls him Captain Caucasian. <laughs> that's fine. I, I I buy that. They played the tough enough board game. Not the official one. No, not the official one. They're this one looks own. fun. Made by Camelot Games. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> the uh, Tough of Board Game, which I mentioned right back in like our King of the Ring episode. Yes. Yes, you did. I forgot about that. Yeah. Daryl Smelly Shorts, loser turn. Yeah. Although some of them are really funny. It's like, uh-oh, you've had your career ended by Chris. Yeah. Like, he broke like, your legs. Oh. Found an Al, Al Snow wig in Milwaukee, win the game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're Paulina, and you've lost your smile, or you've broken your fucking knee, like. She's going to watch that later. Yeah. Like, Uh-oh, you're Jason. You just not got us. Take your take your piece off the board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we mentioned the Goldberg poster as well. Yeah. Get chewed out by Triple H. Like. <laughs> Big John is very much the kind of... The guy who's not made the bond with everyone, but has been there long. Like, hey, let's all be friends forever, guys. Yeah. What are your email addresses? Hang on, let me just let me just phone you on my phone. Legit. Phone me on your phone. <laughs> he, he gives like a speech and you can tell everyone's just sort of like, yep. Yeah. All right, thank Not you. here for you, big. Thank you, John. Can we just hang out with Al and the gang now? I got cigars and machetes. <laughs> so they bring up who they thought was going to win or who's going to be big competition, and almost everyone brings up uh, Big Kind Jason. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a fair point, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, he could have done it. Mm-hmm. If there wasn't the wisp, if Triple H didn't come in that day, I'm convinced that Jason would have made it. I'd agree. A couple of them echoed Paulina as well. Yeah. Again, was- yeah. Someone I'd say also I thought had it. It was just circumstance that yeah. stopped her. It was her knee, wasn't it? We're back at tracks. Who's there? He is the head man. And one handsome, virile son of a bitch. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And you know it's proper civvies Vince McMahon because he's wearing a bomber jacket. Yeah. You know, big, big puffy yeah. bomber jacket. Big puffy bomber jacket and drinking a big liquid here. <laughs> a big liquid. Yeah, that's me. You now it's Vince. We're about making movies. <laughs> that is the Vince we get here. Yeah, absolutely. It's beyond the map, Vince. And that Bucky Beaver motherfucker Kevin Dunn's here he's, too. He's such a creepy looking motherfucker. Like I get why Jim Cornette is like rags on about him. He looks terrifying. Like. You, you know, Wormtail in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, like, that's totally the vibe I get. Yeah, from but Kevin Wormtail Dunn. doesn't get ten million on dividends, does he? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, they you can, they're not really talking to the camera, but the camera is kind of picking up on Just them. Muttering on like... <laughs> said about Maven. No. Oh, I like Maven. He's got a kind of like a softball player's body. What? I don't know. Softball player's body. We're talking softball. Maven from San Diego. <laughs> softball. Look at his quadriceps. <laughs> He's got a grotesquely swollen jaw. We want him on. Aww. <laughs> Vince is looking at Josh. He goes, yeah, I kind of like him. He's a fiery little bastard. 
I, he's, he's got a proper, like, intense Robert California vibe to him. Like, yeah. where everyone is just not sure what to make of this guy. I will fucking end you. I'm the Lizard King. <laughs> you don't even know my real name, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Oral exams. Oh, it's everyone's favourite episode of The Apprentice. Yay! Like, yeah. Make them sweat. So I was kind of hoping that they would give like all like the top agents like Dean Malenko to look at their CV and be like, yeah. Yeah. you said you worked in MLW. You did not work in MLW. Yeah. Why did you lie? <laughs> Josh, in the first episode, you said you masturbated three to four times <laughs> every day. Has that changed since entering the house? And inexplicably, Card is there. You said that you were the founding members of ECW. <laughs> I, I've been on Company's house. I've looked at the board of directors. Your name is not listed there at all. <laughs> Can you explain why you said that you're one of the owners? I now own ECW. <laughs> I went and I bought it without you knowing. <laughs> the consortium was me. For goodness sake. Oh... So they're in the boardroom. It's uh, pretty intense. Vince is like puking this building, lol. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his little specs on as well. Little reading glasses, McMahon. And because Christopher Lewinsky can't wear a Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn t-shirt, he does all he can do. I want to say, Vince, that I think WWF is one of the classiest organisations mm. I've ever worked for. Get fucked. Says he doesn't like the gang as well. like the, Shooting yourself in the foot there, mate. Hey, Vince, I'm really antisocial. You should put yeah. me in your locker room. I'm just mate. saying, uh, Michael Caine in On Deadly Ground, I think your oil company is a real classy organisation. <laughs> uh, the way you handled the latest Gulf spill was really well done, sir. Very tastefully done, you know. Maven and Josh put each other over. Yeah! More bro love. That's good. I was wondering what... Because they were kind of like, you make any friends here, pal? I'm like, oh, are they trying to do the whole kind of, you know, I ain't here to make no friends. You know, you can't have friends in this business. It's all about making that green. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if they were thinking like, oh, if these guys are being all buddy-buddy, they won't have the killer instinct to be a top guy. And maybe Vince was looking for them to be like, oh, no, fuck these guys. I'm only here. Like, I feel that if... Nowinski was more impressive than yes. him being like, yeah. oh no, they're not my kind of people. But actually, because everyone seems so close knit, and when Nowinski's like, he seems the, he's the odd one out. Yeah, yeah. You've what's got, wrong with him? Yeah, like, Vince is like, oh, you didn't make any friends. Mm -hmm. like, you know that for Vince McMahon to be like, oh, you didn't make any friends at camp. Yeah. It's a bit weird yeah. because the way Maven puts it, like for example, is he didn't come here to make friends or anything. But over time, working with these people and exercising and training with these people, and you have to have trust in them because you're fighting each other in the ring. You can't help but develop like a familial yeah. bond and yeah. that's I think that's totally the answer Vince is looking for because that's what happens in wrestling yeah, like, yeah. whether you like each other or not you do bond and you become like a family like and it's usually the people who talk about you can only you know, either make money or friends in this business the people who say that are either A the people who made no money or no friends in yeah. wrestling Bob Holly and I don't like hearing like fucking Scott Hall and Kevin Ash being like you can either make money or friends like what you made loads <laughs> you, of yeah. you did both yeah, literally your gimmick for your whole career was look at my friends yeah. <laughs> and all my money <laughs> <laughs> Look at me There's literally video footage of you counting money with your friends. Yes. <laughs> or bragging about how much money you made with your friends. <laughs> or talking about how much money your friends made so you and your friends could make more money. Nowinski pitches the Harvard gimmick. Yeah. Uh, like, and instantly you can see a bit of it. Vince is going, okay. There's something there. I'm listening. You know, I, I, Vince, I kind of think that I'm a little bit better than you because I went to Harvard. You see what I mean? You see how yeah. like Vince is like, oh, God damn, you didn't go to Harvard, you son of a bitch. <laughs> the <laughs> new my, dog. You're not my teacher. <laughs> so Taylor is... Mm, she she got under problems again. She's like, I thought this was fake, and it isn't. Like no fucking shit. Yeah, do you want do this more than that? Ten weeks, like yeah. whatever it's been. Nidia and Taylor seem a little like there is. 
there is a disconnect between the guys and the girls at this point. But I feel that's because the guys who are here now already had either a bit of wrestling training or are such naturals like Maven. Whereas Nidhi and Taylor felt like they didn't come in as fans and they also didn't come in with maybe being the natural athletes that you know say maybe yeah. is or whatever mm-hmm. so i do feel like i don't know i felt like they should have spent more time with them and get more into an evil playing field because it feels like these five it's like yeah it is like maven and josh and and chris who are kind of leaps and bounds ahead whereas now that the other guys are all gone Nidhi and Taylor don't seem really like they're in the same league, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that's probably more about how WWF views the two divisions at the yeah, time. Like, yeah, they're, probably, they're not yeah. going to put time into the women's training as much as they are the men's. It's as simple as that. Like, yeah, they're just kind of thinking about how good they'll look on posters, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, because Nidhi is more womanly than Taylor, let's not forget. Back while at WWF New York, Coach, for some random reasons, like, whoa, remember that whole angle you did with Vince McMahon and Trish is like, yep. Thanks for bringing that up in fucking August. Yeah, yeah. cheers, mate. Cheers. Much obliged. You get to see the ugliest trophy ever as well. <laughs> oh, it's gross. It's right. so horrible. I mean, I can't imagine Maven got much of anything for that on eBay. Like, oh. um, it's hideous. It's the tackiest, most gaudy-looking gold I've ever it's seen. It's like the like the 20th century fox sign <laughs> wrapped in gold tinfoil. Uh, is what it looks like. <laughs> and it also it. looks as well that if you picked it up and you hit it on like the Big Show's leg, it would turn into dust. Yeah. And you yeah. Would, oh, you know? <laughs> like this was this was, these were gimmicks. They were hoping someone was going to hit someone with one of these. You're writing someone off TV with it. They introduced the trainers. Taz looking all mean, looking like a heel. Greg Wallace sat there on his own. Like, yeah. I don't like desserts no more. <laughs> 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 I even gonna tell you where I'm hiding in the supermarket and eat well for less. You can f- find me if you can! Save money on your groceries before I let you. In 2018, DTA stands for Don't Trust Asda. <laughs> 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 Greg Wallace has come up way too often in season three. Like I swear it's like every fucking app. Oh. Jackie's straight up looking like Carmen San Diego. Yeah. Oh god, that is a strong look. <laughs> Isn't it the hat? The big, massive, wide-brimmed black hat, the, the black jacket, like the huge trench coat. She looks badass. There's random there's one time as well where like Sasha Banks wore a hat. I'm like, oh, Carmen San Diego! And I just want that in wrestling. I want a mysterious lady. And it's like never shows up. <laughs> she only works the big towns. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Carmen San Diego doesn't work Battle Creek, brother. <laughs> it's time for a farewell. Everyone's packing up at the house. Tears are being shed. Yeah. Chris is just like got a really good packing technique. I've been packed for weeks. I never unpacked. Psychopath. <laughs> yeah, Again, yeah. the work he did for wrestling is fabulous. It is. Thank you very much. You helped us come together after the Chris Benoit tragedy. You've brought life and quality of life to untold wrestlers, and you've helped us understand one of the scariest unknowns of wrestling. But I bet you're one of those weirdos who has all of your clothes in one of those weird things you pull out of your suitcase and goes <laughs> right into the wardrobe yeah. like a fucking robot lizard. I'm surprised we didn't get to see uh, the... Uh... The inevitable uh, draining of the hot tub, only to find a bunch of uh, severed doll heads that Chris has left there. Like. Ah, Chris, I see you cut the eyes with the pictures in your... See, they didn't know it's his picture of Goldberg because he cut the eyes. Why are there a bunch of Barbie heads in here? None of us brought Barbies. <laughs> 
Uh, so they have a big, like, five-on-five, ten-man tag. Yeah. yeah, it tracks. Like a big sort of, everyone have a great time before you go home for the summer. <laughs> Taz has an especially great time throwing yeah. Josh around. Yes, oh this, my this God. Taz beating up all the uh, frustration. This is literally the point in time this is, is Taz when he has to be Raz, you know, interviewing oh, yeah. 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 King of the Rings. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, get it all out. Yeah, keep hitting Josh harder, that'll get you back on the oh. roster. So Nidia... <laughs> Is, right? You've got Taz, who is really working stiff. And you know, Taylor, she's a little bit bouncy still. I don't it's obvious that they don't have the level of training to do this because Jackie clotheslines Taylor and she fucking kills her. Oh but legs behind the head. Yeah, like, she falls like a neck. fucking leaf floating in the wind. Yeah. And then this cut to the ring apron and Nidia's just yawning like <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that if you had a rest on the apron's <laughs> I got hole. I'm, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sleepy. I hope no one tags me. You know? <laughs> Josh picks up the win, and at the end, they're kind of like they're a bit sad because it's like it just means they burst into tears, like yeah. all of them immediately, because they know what th- that pin means. It means yeah. it's done. It's over. It's emotional. I've not watched the seasons of Tough Enough all the way through, but I don't know if this bond forms the way it really seems to have formed here. No, no I don't think Hardcore Holly's gonna form oh, any bonds with anybody, is he? It's just you know what this is like. If you've ever been like to like a summer camp or been at a job or a training event or something where it kind of goes a bit wrong but everyone kind of toughs it out together and we kind of find a way yeah. to make it work and it's yeah. like you know what this could have been a disaster but I'm glad we all stuck it out together and we're stronger for this not working out the way it should have mm-hmm. feels like this is a trial by fire this wasn't what any of the trainers or any of the participants thought it would be but they're stronger and better for sticking out and being there for yeah. each other I feel like even Taz has melted his icy heart yeah he yeah. clearly yeah. has he's, he's- clearly come round to them and he likes them he says they all have it they yeah. can all make it in wrestling as far as he concerns as they put the work in Tori says you know some really heartwarming words and Al just repeats them and then does his final bit it's kind of like alright <laughs> yeah he's just literally rephrased what Tori said and he's saying it's slower and softer even so than Tori because he's blatantly just trying to get him to cry really. and it gets really emotional here to the point where I was hoping for like a little bit of a piano like na 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 Guy backing away on, a, on, his, on his knees, like in the corner. Take your tombstones and leave. You've earned them. Everyone gets to keep their own tombstone as a, re- a reminder of the friends that we made along the way and the people we buried to get here. Oh, the symbolic tombstones. We must never talk about what we did. <laughs> And then Taylor's like, we all deserve to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. That's definitely one way of looking at us. Goodbye, house. (laughs) Respect the fucking house. You call the house sir. You got big John Gaborik there, like, all right, everybody, closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And just kick on the music, like, I know who I want to take me home. I thought it would be risky business, like. But Big John in the house all by himself. Do his big dance, I would love to see some sort of Ferris Bueller-style movie about Big John. Well, we're back in New York. Jackie, he starts cutting a promo here. He's like, Taylor, I hope you're cool what I've done because you can't complain because if you try and do that, I'll get you in the ring again. And what do you think about that, Taylor? Cut a promo, cut a promo, cut a promo. Quick, 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 quick. That's nice. It's really, you know, we've got everything Jackie's done. God damn it, cut a promo. Last chance, mate. Everyone, no one knows. And they should have said it to them. Everything here is last chance to lose, yes. lads. You even know? if you don't get, even if you don't win, you're still like this is your chance to impress the staff to get a job later on down the line. Like use it. 
it reminds me of like NXT season one where like no one knew what was going on. They just kept putting mics on them, and all that everyone knew was like this everything you should view as an opportunity that's what they said and that's why you get all this random weird shit like you know after four weeks when Daniel Bryan gets eliminated he's like yeah Daniel Bryan is gone but Bryan Danielson will be making his return it was like oh my god Bryan Danielson and like he never got picked up again he's like <laughs> I just said it because I like I don't know if I get a chance to talk again you yeah. gotta take every opportunity you Put have name out there. and Taylor just says like, every opportunity says thanks to Jackie like she should have been like Jackie you try to end my career and everything you did as a trainer yeah. you ruined in that moment when you took an advantage of, like you could have gotten yourself a career right there that's the difference between just getting wrestling and not I guess like anyone that sort of gets it and really does want to get into the industry would have seen that opportunity for what it was yeah. exactly they should have been like uh, Carmella at the end of, t- of uh, the quarter million dollar diva search when Christy Hemi won she's like you're the bitch you caught me a quarter million dollars and she got to have a pillow fight on telly because of that so you know you gotta earn your spot you know you work it in there you know different Carmella yeah yeah, different Carmella. Thank God. She sold a lot of calendars doing that, though, I'd say. Oh, know? that was Carmella Calendar. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love that gimmick back in the day. <laughs> so, the finishing move was called The End of Day. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A, Billy. Fucking A. <laughs> any reference to Baron Corbin is welcome on any of these podcasts. <laughs> and they're all their affiliates. JR's in the house. Whoa, JR's in the house, guys. Whoop, here he is. JR's is him backstage, just like looking at a piece of paper. Oh, anything can go down when JR's here. How'd... JR's in the house. JR's just looking at that. How do you pronounce that name? N R D R A. Nadia. Maven? What the fuck is that? We got a recap of Bobby Joe. Audience Booer. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Joe, not uh, too many fond memories of her. No. They do basically packages of all the people who got eliminated. They're about to announce the, the ladies' winner here, so they got packages for Taylor and Nivea. Kind of see that, you know, I've got much to say about them because both have got, you know, great heart, a bit of aggression, yada yada. Taylor's hair. Give me the Nivea, she says. Yeah, she just literally, for this live final, like, make me look more like her. If yeah. I can't beat her, I will become her. A single white female. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe they won't notice. Like, <laughs> but I just get rid of her and just turn up. Like, Hey there, pals. It's time for a caption contest. Kevin and Adam here. Hello. Hello. Are you enjoying having a little bit of a chat about that tough enough, huh? I am, yeah. But are we tough enough for these captions, Kevin? Well, we are obviously going to have to bite the nail and do it the way it's meant to be done. Because on Facebook, We've got over 250 goddamn entries. We have not read all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have the time. Much like Tough Enough is exposing the business itself, we can expose the business. Cold. Cold Cold-blooded. We've got some captions over on Twitter as well, at AE Podcast. Hey, give us a follow and a like over on Facebook.com slash Attitude Era Podcast and uh, enter in all these caption contests. It's a new year, Adam, and the New Year's resolution is to make sure we always do our caption contests. Don't let us forget. Like, it's yeah. not just on us, it's on you guys too. You can take the blame if we forget. Don't be caption contest disenablers. Give us the business, yeah? Yeah. The business, both barrels. So we're going to make sure we're definitely now, 2019, new start, new year, new us. But not for bonus episodes, right? Just for nah, main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely not for crawl. That's now, for sure. does Tough Enough count as a bonus episode, or has this permeated itself into being a full-blown side series? Hmm. 
I'd say because it's a side series, it's not really a Bono. Th- you know, Bono episodes are sort of like one-offs. That is, isn't like, it? You know, if we do more WWA, that's technically not a Bono venture. That's more of a side series then. Like. So we are going to definitely be doing more WWA, and you can blame Adam Bibolo, hey. uh, who obviously didn't get his fill of homophobia and hatred. That's not put words like that. Unbelievable. <laughs> Front row Adam Bibolo. The caption du jour, the picture as it were, this is from the final episode, not the uh, parts that were taking place in WBF New York with contestants who are clearly not in on the gimmick. This is when Vince and Kevin Dunn are having a little bit of a cup of coffee, looking at the uh, action going on in the ring. Vince has got his Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup Mm -hmm. covered with some sellotape, and Kevin Dunn is flagrantly showing his in full frontal view. Not only has Kevin Dunn been seen here for the first time ever in the wilderness, He's got the very rare Dunkin' Donuts mug as well. So for Dunn spotters out there, this is a fucking primo. You want to be writing this one down in the journal. It's a nine-pointer, this is. You better believe I'm going to be live journaling this shit later on today. And Vince has got a very loud jacket on as well, we should mention. He does. Vince has not gotten a new jacket since Ico Pro is basically what this is revealing here. Andrew Rich here on Facebook. You know, Kevin, I had my doubts about this tough enough show. But looking at this young prospect in the ring right now, I'd say he has what it takes to make it in the WWF. What's the kid's name? Vince, that's Al Snow. <laughs> <laughs> now that's my, uh, my my Kevin Dunn impression, which mm. uh, I've only ever heard Kevin Dunn speak very, very briefly. So yeah. most of the Kevin Dunn impressions that you will hear are filtered down through layers of Jim Cornette in various stages of oh, rage. That's not going to be a representative impression then. <laughs> I'll just try and follow your lead and go for that sort of voice that you're doing there. It's a nasal voice. Okay. Elizabeth on Twitter says, Have you noticed anything different in Austin? New glasses? No, he seems depressed. Probably misses his old glasses. <laughs> I'd get more involved, but I worry about smothering him. Yes, and then we'd get the chair. That's not what I meant, Vince. <laughs> it was, Kevin. Admit it. Hardcore Simpsons. Deep right. dives only, please, with your Simpsons references, folks. Conrad Leiden. Hey, pal. You think this is about coffee? <laughs> Chris Pilkington on Twitter. I like my wrestling like I like my coffee. Strong, dark, full of steak, smothered in ketchup and served on a wrap. Uh. <laughs> Tom Lovelock here. Another deep dive Simpsons take. Nobody to inherit my vast fortune. You, Kevin? Oh, no. I have a far more endearing reward for you. You shall be buried alive with me. <laughs> I do want to see a little Kevin Dunn going, yeah, literally. <laughs> Chris Stroud on Twitter says, See those chairs over there, Kevin? I think they're a metaphor for tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Morton, I know a cracking owl sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> that is such an Alan Partridge jacket. It is, isn't it? Like, uh, when someone followed up Ronan saying he's got a scam going with a big plate, and I decided to, to pop in, letting everyone know you can eat as many owls as you want with that scam, <laughs> and they can't do a damn thing about it. Matt says, Dunn, who is this, Bob Holly? One of your drones from Sector 7Gs. <laughs> so many Burns and Smithers comparisons. It is. He is totally it's Smithers. Absolutely perfect comparison. Dunn is Smithers. Absolutely. He's there always. And Vince is Burns as well. Let's yeah, face it. The absolutely. evil old man. Like From Shep on Twitter. Is this a steak wrap? No, it's a coffee. Steak wrap it is. No, I said coffee. Steak wrap. <laughs> C O S T. Matthew Morey, 
Damn, he's right though. I mean, did you see that snap? <laughs> James Story on Twitter says, You can't treat the wrestlers this way. One day they'll hold out of their contracts, asking for the push they deserve. Then they'll go too far and no-show an event, and New Japan will eat us alive. New Japan! Those sandal-wearing goldfish tenders! <laughs> Bosh! Flimshaw! What have you got there in your pockets? Wrestling maneuvers! <laughs> what are there? Five of them! <laughs> Boyd Atkins the fourth. You know, they say that all men are created equal. But you look at me and you look at Ted Turner, and you can see that that statement is not true. Matt Vanderhorn says, Kevin, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Every day, once a day, give yourself a present. Don't plan it, don't wait for it, just let it happen. It could be another camera cut, making a female employee uncomfortable, or two cups of good hot black coffee like this. Errol here on Facebook. Family, religion, friendship. These are the three demons you must slay if you wish to succeed in business. <laughs> Josh Sparrowhawk. Vince here saying, Now remember, Kevin, put the tape over the Dunkin' Donuts logo on your cup like I have, so we don't get in trouble with copyright. Of course, sir. Kevin, of course, then forgets to do so, triggering 15 crash camera cuts in the process. <laughs> James Burton on Twitter. I hear AEW or after Nakamura. Who's she? Boom! <laughs> Just so everyone knows, yeah? Don't believe all the hot gossip you're hearing online on the World Wide Web. AEW is actually the Attitude Era wrestling. I'm I'm sick of people suggesting this that we're well, like setting three up. Three people have. It's very clear our branding states so from the start. If we were to have a wrestling company, it would be extremely risky wrestling. Yeah, that's it, right? So we don't put fucking AE in the name, right? No, but Attitude Era wrestling. But we have actually patented AEW uh, as just as a three-letter acronym that we have a utility patent on. So those young bucks owe us money, Adam. Oh. And uh, as a result, I think we are in a strong negotiating position with them right now. I'm going to say, don't need no Kenny Omega. We don't need no Knack and Jick, the Young Bucks, okay? I'm telling you what we need. We need front row Nathan Jones. Okay. And we need the British Storm. Okay. And we need them in there. We... God's sake. I'm just saying, right? British Storm, Nathan Jones, AEW. You want to fucking shake up this industry and bring fucking competition? Oh. Where are the big boys, huh? AEW could be where the big boys play. Think about that. As you were describing that card, in my head I could see the poster materializing on the wall of a chip shop somewhere in Scunthorpe. Like, you know, like four pounds this weekend at the bingo hall. Card definitely subject to change. <laughs> Angry Taco on Twitter says, So boss, what you drinking? Coffee that I won't show the label for or let anyone say its name. Not until the company changes its name to Superstar Bucks. <laughs> I would totally go to Superstar. You're damn right. Brian Bradshaw. No, that's good squishy. <laughs> James of the Northwest on Twitter says, Which one should we feed to Bob Holly first? <laughs> Let's uh, finish off here. Steve N. I had that dream about her again last night, Kevin. You know that dream where you're in bed and they fly in through the window? Kevin slowly drifts into a fantasy. He lies in his bed, awash in moonlight. Suddenly, his window flies open, draped, fluttering furiously in a light breeze. Suddenly, a large, masculine figure glides in through the open window, arms and legs stretched out, almost floating wistfully in the air. It's Vince. He smiles gently, looking down upon young Kevin. Kevin tenses in anticipation as the fantasy fades. Well, thanks very much for taking part in the uh, caption contest. 
we're always on the lookout for good captions. So if there's an announced episode coming out that you think you've got a, a good pick for, do let us know on uh, Twitter at a podcast or on Facebook.com forward slash Atatierra Podcast. Thank you so much for everyone for all your entries. We read each and every one of them as always. And thank you so much for your hundreds of entries. Hundreds of them there were. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, time to go back to a young Kevin, Adam and Billy where the winners of season one of Tough Enough are about to be announced. I wonder who will pick up the coveted golden cinder block. <laughs> JR announces Nidia is the winner. Taylor's head in her hands straight away. She's crying. Nidia kind of freezes. It's awkward. She's like, Taylor... You're my best friend. You're my sister. I love you. Just cuts to Taylor head face. Wailing. Like, dead. Like completely done. But you know that somewhere her parents are like. <laughs> Look at her face. <laughs> Get the telly on. Tape it. Tape it. Tape it. <laughs> We've already got something on the TiVo for you when you come home. Taylor. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. It'd be picture picture. We can watch you crying. Watch you crying. I see the exact moment her heart breaks. <laughs> Taylor is just like they're miserable and Nidia's oh. like ah. yeah look at my big trophy it's lit- I feel bad for everyone this is really bad yeah like Taylor is really hurt by this and she's not going to take the bait and Taz thinks oh fuck it she didn't do it the first time we broke her even more Taylor what are you really thinking about Nidia that Jezebel who done took it because you have become just another Victim! I'm gonna choke you out, Taylor! See you on the 13! Imagine if your dream had just crumbled in front of you and then Taz calls you just another victim straight after the fact. On TV and all right of it. Tell the truth, tell the truth. Yeah. What are you really feeling? Because he wanted to say I'm and again it's promo time! Yeah. Come on! Now is you, now is your last chance Taz, to grab the nettle yeah, and go for it. Yeah, he's literally shaking her like, honestly, this is the, the window is closing now. If you don't do this, you will never be heard from again in wrestling. Yeah. And Taylor says, "I'm really sorry. I feel bad that she won." That's too honest. That is just too real. Like, but 2001, if she said. You fucking stole my trophy. You called her out. And you fucking go straight up Jerry Springer. Whatever. You get fucking aggressive. They would have hired her. Yeah. They would have probably fired her. Like, yeah. She would have stayed longer than Nidia. Nidia would have been gone and she would have had yeah. her. Absolutely. Oh, it's so sad. And Taylor's just fucking broken up. That's it. She's done. Recap of the men. Again, we go through everyone a little bit. There is a little bit more distinction between the guys. You've got kind of Josh, who's got the heart, but maybe doesn't take it seriously. Maven, the natural. Chris, he's natural as well, but he's cocky and arrogant. So Maven is announced as the winner of Tough Enough. Well, I'll be. Loved Nguyenski's face. Oh, that's so satisfying, like, right? Yeah, it's so satisfying to watch his dreams be crushed. Like. <laughs> Again, fabulous work. <laughs> yeah. literally. The Sports Legacy Institute literally redefined the guidelines yeah. of what it means to be safe and functional wrestling. But look at his fucking face. (laughs) Right after we've just said how bad we felt for Taylor for her dreams being crushed. Well, Taylor's not a cunt, though. Yeah, that's true. She was nice throughout. I felt bad. I felt so bad for Taylor. Because, you know, the reason why, though, is that I think that, you know, 2001, if you look at what's the infrastructure for indie wrestling if you're a woman? Like, it's... Yeah. Shine, I don't think it even started no. up. There's a few little bits here and there, but if you want to talk about people who are 
prolific women's wrestlers in the in the 2000s I mean like there's like nothing there's a few people who like I think like Al Snow's wife like Bobby Bardot I remember she like, there's a few people who were like developmental with Victoria who were used as Godfather's hoes and that was it they stayed in like OVW or yeah. Deep South but like Taylor there's nowhere for her to go Chris, him not winning, no big deal. He'll probably get hired. If Literally. not, yeah. anywhere would be happy to have him. Yeah. So true. Fucking WWA, XWF will take yeah, you, mate. Like. So true. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you, Billy, from the get-go, was Maven the obvious winner for you? Were you happy to see him win? Well, I knew Maven won before we did this. Yeah. Because I know the moment uh, in the Royal Rumble match with Taker. Oh, of course. I know, yeah. I know about that moment. Yeah. I think if Greg had stayed in, Greg would have had a good chance of winning. But getting to know Maven throughout these episodes, I, I do think Maven was the 100% the best choice. Yeah, he just makes win. a connection with everyone, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. And straight away, like Maven, it's like, uh-oh, the room's a little bit unsettled. Something has happened that's made us all a bit emotional. We're not sure where we stand as a group of people. Just like Barack Obama, once again, he just comes up with a great speech. Folks, I want to start off by thanking all the veterans who came here before us. Yep. And they're the reason why we're here today. And Avon straight away is like, oh, great, you're right. Yeah, and that's like, what we want to hear. And then he takes the trophy to his mom. Oh, he's talking about all his friends in Portland. He, like, he does the speech that will make anyone who's got a grumble in their fucking, you know, think, oh, someone who's undeserving as one. Yeah. Honestly, if Josh won, you could see the likes of Jericho and Benoit and Triple H being really pissy. But Maven, at least, is being like, he's doing everything you could expect of someone yeah. in this position. He's being really respectful. And he honestly, he should be like, fucking A, I did it. Do but you, instead, he's humble. Very do, humble. Do you think that's his, that was his undoing? Being too humble. Being too nice. I mean, there's literally no other way to make it as a tough enough winner than to be yeah. nice and respect. If he had a remotest bit of ego about him, he would have been like torn to shreds. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing we should probably pick up now because I thought what we could do now that we have our winners is talk a little bit about where everyone went from here. And let's start off with the, the winners. Maven, obviously he was around for a couple of years. We had Maven... He was around until around 2004, so his initial tough contract... I didn't realise he was there for that long. Yeah, he did pretty well, and unlike a lot of other people, he was only in developmental for a very, very brief period of time. They put him on TV almost immediately to work a match or two with Taz. He was put on during the Invasion storyline, yeah. as we mentioned on those episodes. He went down to Deep South in OVW for a little bit to do a bit of training, but he was pretty much on the road. By WrestleMania 18, he's hardcore champion. Yeah. He's, you know, at the Royal Rumble, as he said, he eliminated Undertaker. He's in a feud with Goldust. They did a thing where he wins the hardcore belt. He was one of the first people drafted to SmackDown with the brand split. So he kind of, he chucked along for a few years as like the under, you know, the guy who wasn't tough enough. Then after that, they turned him heel for a little bit. He was a tag team with uh, Simon Dean. He was like just kind of a, a lower level jabroni jobber guy. At one point though, he was in one of the main events of Survivor Series, I think 2003 thereabouts. Did Randy Orton's team against Evolution and whoever whoever's team won would control Raw for a month. So for one week, Maven was general manager and he booked what? himself in a match against Triple H for the World <laughs> Championship. Okay. And you know what? People always ragged on Maven because like, oh, all he uses is a dropkick. He did a fucking beautiful... He would make a... Bob Holly's fucking hair would blush like a bear had eaten it. That's how good his <laughs> dropkicks were. So I always thought the biggest undoing with Maven was that he was so charismatic and he had the X Factor, the thing that you can't teach that they didn't want to send him back down to training to teach the things that you can, like mm. moves and psychology and 
more of a repertoire and more of a skill set. And I don't think by the time Maven had had three or four years experience, it was like, well, we don't want to send you back to developmental now. We're too already, late. It's too late. You've already been on the main roster. That's going to do nothing for you. So he ended up just being released and he never found a place in wrestling again. He was on QVC and stuff. He did some home shopping network thing. Again, like people were making fun of him, myself included. Like, yeah. haha. But again, that's fucking great work if you can get it. Yeah. And he would be amazing at it as well. But Maven, you know, I think fell on harder times and there wasn't a place in wrestling for him. And I think if anything, tough enough prevented him from having a more fulfilling yeah. career in wrestling than he could have potentially had had he went in the normal way. They should have given him coach's job because he could have done it damn sight better than coach. Yeah, you're Honestly, damn right. Him as a backstage interviewer. Absolutely. Like any sort of broadcast position for him would have been perfect. Like hosting tough enough. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Legit. I, yeah. yeah. Legit. Like that would have worked. So Nidia, the other winner, Nidia in many ways was one of the most successful people from Tough Enough history. Really? Because I have never heard of Nidia. She like Maven was on TV for a little bit. They mainly put her in like Maven's corner and stuff like that. They did some bits here and there where she you know wrestled, but you know, only very, very briefly. She was sent down to OVW and Deep South as well. She got trained up and by come towards summer of 2002 she re-debuted on the Smackdown roster as Jamie Noble's girlfriend so Jamie Noble debuted they signed from WCW he was never as part of the invasion he was in developmental they gave him kind of like a hillbilly trailer park trash gimmick and Nydia's gimmick which is so funny when you think of see her here it's so polar the opposite her gimmick was she was the hyper aggressive sexual predatory girlfriend of Jamie Noble who would like literally like Jamie Noble would be like I did it I won the and she would like fucking pin him to the ground and be like <laughs> and like Michael Cole was like Nidia I don't like her and she'd be like ah she'd, she'd attack him and kiss him and stuff Jesus. she was really like she played this real mean fucking and also like, just like a character that not many people would be you know comfortable doing yeah. they would put her against Tori Wilson to literally be like wow Tori Wilson she's kind of like you know Victoria's Secret and Nidia well she's kind of like Walmart you know like they would make out that Nidia was trash was like. trash for fucks you know sake. and they did lots of things like they did bikini contests but like you know Nidia didn't have a bikini because she was poor because she lived in a trailer are you kidding and, me she wear her underwear and like you know they they just made out that she was less than like, yeah she was used as a way to prop up Tori Wilson but again You'd never know that that was her role because she fucking went a million percent in for it. And again, she was around until 2004. Mm -hmm. She worked for a heel for a while. Then she was a face for a while. You know, towards the end of her run, they kind of had her lead into her kind of Puerto Rican gimmick and have her like, you know, speak in Spanish. But they kind of got rid of her in 2004. So, you know, she had a pretty decent career. She wrestled some indies in Europe and stuff. She dated Xbox for a bit, and now she's a very successful sous chef, as far as I know. Yeah, so she, she owns like a catering company and works in that. I so she, she got into the culinary arts, is yeah, what I found. She, she kind of left, left wrestling behind, had a pretty damn good run, and particularly, honestly, for a woman in wrestling at a time where most of the time she was a punchline, she had pretty amazing career, all things being yeah. considered. Mm. So those are the winners. I mean, Chris Nowinski. Another yeah, big one. Yeah. Did you know that Chris had a career? Well, I know that he went on to do everything with uh, finding out information about CTE. Yeah, before that, before that, yeah. Oh, I knew he was he was in WWE for a cup of coffee. Yeah, very briefly after the brand split, he was put onto Raw. He was literally like Chris Nowinski, Chris Harvard. He came out to the Harvard fight song. He had the the Harvard ring. They had things like him debating Scott Steiner about you know uh, why they were in Iraq, like terrorism and the Dixie Chicks started this, man. What? I've seen that clip. I've seen that. Oh, 
you had Chris Nowinski being like, ladies and gentlemen, and he has all his papers, the Iraq war is actually unconstitutional. We have no reason to be there. There is no direct correlation between the weapons of mass destruction. Okay, yeah. The UN Assembly General found no weapons of mass destruction there. Yeah. Saddam Hussein did not collude with Osama bin Laden. Boom! What do you fucking hate America? What's wrong with you? And, and, and what do you hate war? <laughs> we fucking love war. And Scott Steiner's is like, you know, over the years I've wrestled a lot of countries. We didn't start this. Terrorism started this. And we want the oil. <laughs> <laughs> Big Papa pumps your hook up. Holler if you hear me in the gulf. But then I like, yeah. like hot baby face For Scott Steiner. Like. Uh, so yeah, they had him like, you know, just do the the, the goofy heel thing. And you know, he, he was really getting over People hated it, and his, you know, he only had minimal skill set, but his actual character was so good, and he was so good at it, got an immediate reaction. Mm. He was going to have a big career in the Royal Rumble 2003. He took a double drop kick from Mysterio and Jericho, I believe, or, Myst- or Mysterio, and, Mysterio Edge. and Edge. Yeah, at the same time, they did a drop kick off the top rope. He got hit by one, the other one landed like thighs first on very, his face. Very, so you can imagine that, like literally someone jumping off the hardest part of their body. Yeah. So he got concussed and from there did work with the Sports Legacy Institute and he's in the reasons we know about concussion impact testing and not just in WWE, that extends to the NFL, all he combat stores. He's helped save a lot of lives. He has. He has saved lives, he has improved lives and we know we've had a bit of fun mocking mm. him here for his, his very yeah. silly character. You know what, here's a group of lads you can definitely empathise with doing stuff you maybe regret or saying things you regret in your early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll not begrudge him for the very <laughs> yeah. good work that he's done since. So yeah, I think honestly he's he's probably done you know the best in terms of actually having a positive stamp on wrestling. The impact yes, that he's so, made. So. No one could have known. No. Like, and I remember like being outside, you know, queuing up to go, you know, see Booker T's you know signing session that he was doing when I was in Houston for the WrestleMania, and he was just walking around going like, "Hey, folks, you know, I've done loads of research about this stuff. It's going to be made public in the next few weeks." You know, I'm practicing talking. You want to hear my, my talk? And he was literally just on the fucking sidewalk in his suit and tie, just with his fucking flashcards going, look, here's all the tests we've done, explaining it to a lay audience who would understand, not using mm. too complicated scientific terminology. And I was like, wow, Harvard Chris is doing yeah. the Lord's work there, here. There's, there's also cool. obviously a lot of trust in him because he's got a whole like book full of wrestlers who have going to give him their brain. Yeah, Foley donated his mm. brain. He got Chris RVD. Benoit's. Yeah, Kevin you know, Nash, I think. It's, uh, it was him who found out that Benoit had the brain of an 80-year-old Alzheimer's yeah. patient. And yeah, uh, don't be doing no more diving headbutts, folks, because uh, Nowinski has helped us figure out a little bit of the playbook a bit more. I think there's some people who kind of still think you can work that unsafe style and think, yeah, mm. you can do a chair shot to the head if you put your hands up. Maybe, but it's I think... not worth it. Not, no, worth, not it. worth it, no. Why take the risk? I don't think anyone else. I mean, Josh Matthews. A little bit you know, Yeah. You you would have seen Josh Matthews doing what he was doing. Yeah. You know, at his peak, he he did a cup of coffee in the XWF. Yeah. In oh terms God, of yeah. in terms of wrestling, the most wrestling he's done is probably in TNA, other than an angle here and there in WWE. Ironically, yeah. with Kurt Angle, but he was you know play by play SmackDown, ECW. He was one of my faves actually. He's a, he's a, he's a decent commentator. And yeah, probably leaned in a little bit too much to his heel character in recent years. But yeah, uh, this made me remember why we all love Josh. Mm. Adam, you've been doing a little bit of dirty digging around. How about the rest of our Tough Enough alumni? Because I know we've had a bit of a checkered history of what some of these folks have been up to. Yeah, it's a bit hit and miss. There's some people that it is impossible to find any information on. So I'll say straight away, Victoria, Shadrick, Bobby Joe, 
they're just ghosts. I'm There's... pretty sure Bobby Joe ch- changed her name. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised actually, because when I looked her up, all I could find was people saying nasty things. So, yeah. like, I wouldn't be surprised if she vanished intentionally. Like, much easier to do in 2001. Like, but looking at Taylor, first of all, she worked in the Indies up until about 2003, and apparently she decided to retire quite early on because she was like, I don't like this industry. Not really for me. The way it pans out. Can you fucking imagine? Like, because I mean, you know, Jordan Grace and a lot of like, you know, women's wrestlers have been very outspoken about like just how shit it is. It's like, yeah. as a woman, you know, it's like, hey, you know, you're going to meet Virgil and James Ellsworth. Yes, they are creepy, and yes, they will insist on coming up and yep. taking a picture. And you know, and bookers and promoters, yep. you know, guy, you know, there's bookers who like work women off against each other, telling yep. like to, hey, fly yourself in, you'll get the spot. And you know, and that's in 2018. Yeah, exactly. this is 2001. Can yeah. you imagine? And she'd been on tough enough on the reality yeah. show, so she's so already she- got like a bit of a reputation about her like so I can understand why it was so shit for her she went on to become a makeup artist in Hollywood and she married Brian Kendrick in 2008 wait wait that's Wow! That's Brian Kendrick's partner. That's yeah. fucking incredible. Because apparently she's made a few like yeah. uh, cameos with him in. You're things right. She, I'm like, because even Ree got trained by uh, that's Brian right. Kendrick. I'm told. I'm told. Told Divas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell! That's Taylor. Oh my yeah. god! That has made me really happy because like I felt so fucking bad. She for didn't her. like. She didn't go into her depression, and she's come out the other side. She's fucking. She's hey, doing all right. I'm very great. happy that she's doing all right. Happy yeah. ending there. Jeez. Paulina was another tough one to find information on. What I did find was her old MySpace page, which had like a lot of photos. There was, she had auditioned to be on season three of American Gladiators, and I don't think got anywhere with it. She didn't really, by the look of it, go on to do much in terms of wrestling. But what I did find out is that in 2002, she played Disco Inferno's bodyguard in TNA, apparently. Wow. And that was like her wrestling career, I guess. I guess the fruits and suits weren't available that day. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, was she in WWA working under that fucking... You never know. Taking a bump off the steel cage? We never found out, did we? (laughs) Greg, the only thing I can find out about Greg, it's weird because the info I have found out about him, you'd think there would be a lot more about this, but all I could find out is that he worked at CZW. Yeah, I heard that too. Between 2001 and 2010, and I can't find anything else. CZW... I know, like, pre-2004, particularly before they started doing lots of stuff with Ring of Honor, it's it's kind of like your BBC, the way that the archives, they taped over the original Doctor Who. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think in the same way they taped over, like, some of the original death matches Wouldn't and stuff. Wouldn't be surprised. Sanding, they only had uh, so much left on his recorder. Was, like. he, was he wrestling, though? Or was he yeah. in production? Or no, like... he wrestled, as far as I know. And they brought him in with a tough enough angle, as yeah, well, that he was yeah. the entitled tough enough kid. I saw the a picture tough of enough him. tough enough kid who had to quit because he couldn't wrestle anymore, because he... So entitled. You fucking pussy! (laughs) (laughs) Daryl, everyone's favourite. Hey! He is currently, and I found this from his Twitter, he's a football and basketball coach in a high school in Iowa. Good for him. Yeah, nothing to do with wrestling anymore, just living a normal life. I heard he did loads of, like, outreach in the community shit and all that, like, kind of, you know, positive role model, helping, you know, gangs and shit. Doesn't surprise me, you know, if someone's the kind of person that will be a coach for two different, like, teams of kids, like, I imagine they're going to be the kind of community-oriented person. I imagine he could be, like, kind of, uh, uh, what's the type of word, like, what are those, um... Motivational speakers, mm. you know, you know, find your smelly shorts. <laughs> <laughs> what makes your shorts the smelly smell? The smelly shorts were in you all along. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jason, we'll be happy to find out, is now married and has kids. Which hey! is obviously what he wanted but all to along. That, to the woman he quit tough enough for? Don't know. I'm, in my head canon, he did. Because Don't ruin this for us, Kimo. Makes it all worthwhile then. He wanted to become a pro bodybuilder for a while, and he's also a uh, PE teacher in an uh, elementary school in okay. America. So another sweet story there. I, you know what? I'm always just happy to see these people with like really steady, gain 
full employment. Like, Honestly, you know. that's fine. I'm happier for the people that actually just ignored work in the indies and went straight into a normal life. Yeah. Rather than spending like a decade of paying dues only to not get anywhere. This like. so easily could have chewed up and spit out all of these people. And I'm yeah. kind of glad that, honestly, other than Maven, it feels like... Not many people that seems to have happened to so far. I feel bad for Taylor because obviously it, you saw yeah. how much it meant to her and how yeah. crushed she was. And obviously eventually she lost her love for the wrestling industry altogether. But again, she's married. She works as a makeup artist now. It's still a happy ending nevertheless. Yeah. It's not like she wasted years of her life on wrestling for I won't think like. any of these people would be bitter about Tough Enough. No. And actually, yeah, I saw a few interviews with some of the cast and they've said that they had like fond memories of it. Christian Chris said, like, in particular, that he thought the edit of the show was very fair, which I thought was a very interesting take. Considering how he came across as well. Considering how he came across and how reality TV... I don't think I've ever heard anyone go on a reality show and be like, oh, yeah, the representation was brilliant. Like, everyone's always going on about the edit being bad. Do do we know what happened to Christian Chris? Yes, he's the last one I've got a bit of info on here. So he went to OVW very briefly in 2003, which is That wasn't as developmental, that was issue, like... Because I know OVW had developmental... He just went to watch a show. (laughs) 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 That's the last we heard of him. I'll got him tickets, like... But I know that OVW had a period of time where they were the developmental guys, but also because it was a local territory they yeah. they train guys there who not, weren't necessarily in developmental deals and i heard that a lot of people were like gave a lot of money to danny davis and the likes being kind of told well we're the developmental territory this is like training with wwe it's when path, it like... kind of wasn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah he was there for like a cup of coffee i mean literally like two matches really? i think looking at the database he's now a graphic designer and a screen printer these days and he watches tna that's that's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get that, Timothy? From a fucking annual, it sounds like. An interview with the man. Little, himself, Craig, like. little Greg facts, little Chris <laughs> facts. There's still time for him to be identified as a serial killer then. Oh, there's right? still bodies to be found. Yeah, still yeah. bodies That's to why found. I thought it was such a fair edit. You can see all the women he drowned for real. Like. <laughs> he was chuffed to bits with how he came off. Like. Right, you see him at weird Opus Day crucifixion shit I did. That was really cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair of you to admit that. Like. Well, we're at the end. I had an absolute blast. I will say to anyone who's any memories or thoughts, closing thoughts that is, about Tough Enough and being on the journey with us, uh, let us know. If you mm. have watched through all of Tough Enough, it's on the network, hidden away there. Who'd have thought? What are your thoughts upon the rewatch? We'd love to know. And also, if you have any further information mm, about any of these people, we would love to know. We might even put a, together a little article for the How To website. Let us know if you have any further information on any of these people. I kind of want to know a bit about Shadrick, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Kind definitely. of un- unfinished business there, yeah. it feels like. Um, my closing thoughts on this are, it is one of the best shows that WWE has ever done. And they didn't set out to make this. And if they made what they yeah. set out to make... I'm not even sure they knew what that was. I don't think it would have worked well. This isn't what either them or MTV wanted, I think. But it ended up being one of those, like, I don't know. It's just a weird little... Surprisingly touching. Yeah. I didn't think I would kind of grow grow along with these characters and kind of... It is one of the best reality shows I have seen in terms of actually telling a story and doing a good job because the people who are dropping out so quickly because of reasons they can't anticipate, I think that forced their hands to be a little bit more forthright and honest. And a lot of smoke and mirror stuff would start at the start yeah. with like, oh, where's this guy? He's been replaced. What, you know, what's happening? Tell us the truth. Feels like they just become a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more honest and that made yeah. for a fun show. What were yeah. your guys' thoughts on rewatching Tough Enough? I'm trying to be relatively level-headed because I enjoyed these last few episodes so much. And I'm the same as you guys. I'm feeling kind of like sentimental about it because I wasn't expecting it to be so 
heartwarming and particularly the last two episodes with Al like just having a great time with the yeah. kids like bonding with them so much it's kind of coloured my view on it a little bit I think because I'm looking back on it now like that was a nice ride mm. but I am remembering like parts two and three of our review <laughs> I remember us being very down on it because it was so miserable and bleak. Because of how much hurt everyone got hurt, wasn't it? Yeah, it was was a rough ride. So I'm not going to say on the whole it's an excellent show because I think it did do a lot of damage sort of showing you that actually being a wrestler ain't that great. Like, it's not not a good life. I I appreciate the honesty of that, though. I I do. I do, but I don't think it was the look that WWF were hoping for when they set out for this at all. No, it's bad for them, but I think it was good for the viewing audience, I it's, think. It's an entertaining watch. It's a little depressing in parts, mm. but it is, on the whole, as far as reality TV goes, it's one of the good ones. Bill, closing thoughts on Tough Enough. I've, I've enjoyed my time with it. Um, I didn't think I would, because just as an idea, I mean, just, just from the opening segment where we had, you know, Triple H and Jericho saying how much they fucking hated this yeah. idea, I just, thought, I just thought this is just a really bad idea. And then knowing that, you know, the two winners of the show wouldn't go on to amount great things, I was just sort of like, well, good things, but not, yeah. but not great things in the world of wrestling. I, I just didn't think that, you know, this is going to be a bit... I know the ending. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, but normally I'm one of those people who is, if I know the ending, I can't enjoy the journey. Right, yeah. But yeah. with this, I could. Mm. I enjoyed the journey of this. Speaks to the characters involved, I guess. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a, it is most certainly a show which it's maybe not what a lot of people who probably have memories in their head of when they first watched it. It's definitely one of those things that the rewatch and revisiting is, yeah. it's definitely, it comes across so much differently now to when it did in 2001 I, but I, like not in a negative way yeah. necessarily no. I, don't know. I can't imagine how boring this must have been if you're watching this as a kid yes, like, <laughs> yes. As, as, as an adult I, I can get very much into this but but as a kid I would have thought this was fucking drizzling shit yeah all this made me want to do is not be a wrestler that yeah. good job WWE like, yeah. as, as a young enthusiastic fan what you wanted from this was to like sort of learn more about the inside of the business and you'd just be disappointed that you're learning so much about, like, Josh and his girlfriend's problems mm. or, like, Maven's mum isn't doing too hard. Like, you were there for the wrestling and really the main bulk of this is about the characters and the yeah. people. I would like to rewatch some of the other seasons to see if they tweak this a, lot, a little bit because, you know, watching The Tough Enough with Austin, which is a show I loved, and The Tough Enough with Jericho, yeah. which was dirty well, I've poison. Still, I've still not seen any of The Tough Enough. Don't. Is- There's many seasons and it takes many different forms if it is appropriate to do it as kind of a bonus side series along the way again, I think we will go back in and do Let us know if you in. would like us to do that. Because yeah, I think a lot of people have not listened to these episodes because you know it's it's you know it's not it's not the wrestling pay per views. So yeah. why would you listen? And fair point. Get it. You know, but uh, hey, if you're a fan of these episodes and you've enjoyed or journey through tough enough, and let us know your thoughts. Hit us up on AE Podcast on Twitter or over on Facebook.com forward slash. Attitude Era Podcast, let us know your thoughts and make sure, give us a like and a follow and make sure you stick around for the likes of caption contests, goose gaffs and moments of interaction. Not to mention the loads of videos that we have on our Facebook page. You can see dozens of moments from classic episodes of the podcast, new episodes and even some moments from Smackdown Crawl if you've not checked it out before. Any moments from this episode you think would make for a good video, let me know on Twitter at Biblops. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to Matthew's Botchamania.com. You're looking at me. I've forgotten to do it. Billy. Billy. <laughs> you come here wearing a hat. You forget your Botchamania plug. This is unbelievable. Well, I can't. I can do. Uh, uh... 
King of Carrot Flowers because we did get made the, the, the album cover. That's true. So I can go, uh, I love... I can't do the voice. I can't do Jeff Mangum. I can't do the whiny... Fucking do it! More nasally, Billy. Come on. I love you, stuff and things. Fucking awful. Fucking awful. I'm sorry to the guy who made us the album cover. I can't do it. I'm just, I'm just saying right now, Adam, we need to go round up a posse and get Billy Keeble, string him up at high noon. You ain't a donut on a recording recently, Kevin, so I'm just a little bit... The professionalism is going out the window these that days. That was a fucking load-bearing donut to facilitate an impression of Bugger Red. He claimed it was for a bit. He thought it was for a bit, and it's that was a good you would, ha- you would have me eating dip on all fours like a dog. <laughs> If you want to support the Attitude Era podcast, you can. You can become a backer over on patreon.com forward slash a podcast. Get access to dozens and dozens of episodes of the Smackdown Crawl, where we review all of Smackdown, the Bibliotech, or full book report series, where there's full several hour long podcasts going in depth on wrestling autobiographies and Ryback's self help book. Oh, fucking hell, that Ryback book. Oh. Feature length video episode or gamesmanship series. You can check those out as well. All for a $5 backing series. One month, you get access to everything. You hang on for another month, you will get new episodes every month, at least two episodes of the SmackDown Crawl. $10 backers get access to the entire back catalogue of over 20 Q&A episodes, up to an hour each from Kevin, Adam and Billy answering your questions. And for $20, you can get access to every single one of our commentary tracks, past, present and future for free. You get roughly half of them for free. Again, become a $20 backer, drop down to another tier or drop out altogether. After one month, you get them all, you gotta keep them forever. Until next time where, well, there's gonna be no more of these, so goodbye from Tough Enough. (laughs) It's gonna be a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll catch your ass down the road. The fact that he came out here and had to clarify what Triple H was... Hey Google, stop. Get that sweet banana bread. Because my uh, next door neighbours, they keep spying me going outside and I I only go outside to like put things to cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like pies. Your neighbours aren't ruffians, are they, Kevin? No, no, they're not. Oh, that smells good. Mixed with Billy's vape especially. That's a hell of a cocktail. Banana and raspberry. (laughs)